Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 153 of Otaku Brothers, the first episode of 2023. Welcome to the new year, everyone. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How you feeling in the new year, my friend? I'm good. It's been a productive seven-plus days here in 2023, but overall, pretty good. Excellent stuff. And uh, I wish we could have gotten this particular episode out the door sooner, but fear not. We're here to do it. We're here to read Homer's The Iliad 11 times. (laughs) Yeah, and then War and Peace. That's right. That's right. So welcome in, everyone. I hope you had a terrific and safe New Year's and played lots of great video games. And maybe you're still doing the same, playing great video games. We hope the episode finds you well here in the new year. Ryan and I already recorded our gargantuan mammoth of an episode. I think it was three hours and 20 minutes is what we clocked in on our top 10 games of the year special. So be sure to click that episode, check it out if you haven't already, find out what our top 10 games of the year were, some of our honorable mention, we had stats and all kinds of fun facts related to the games that we played over the course of the year, it was a really good time and we always love putting that episode out and preparing for it. And in years past, we tend to include our listener submissions for their nominees for those seven award categories, but we figured a four-hour episode was probably not with the listener's We're looking to squeeze in before New Year's. And so we decided to split the episode this year. We have our top 10 and then we have the community game of the year special. This is what we're here to record today on this Tuesday evening, Ryan. You're drinking some coffee. I don't think it's ever really recommended to drink caffeine after five o'clock, but here we are. Yeah, no, it's it's completely different. And I don't know. We're still doing the same thing behind the mics, but I, I think it's the lack of sunlight or just after a long day. It's different than Saturday. Morning. Definitely a different feel and vibe for sure. So hopefully we still can bring the same Otaku Brothers energy that we typically do. And, uh, you know, Ryan, of course, has to get in his RuneScape rants. I'm going to be mm-hmm. talking about trophy collecting. You're still going to get the same Rusty and Ryan. Let's, <laughs> let's just be very clear about that. It's 2023. It's a new year, but the same us. So Yeah, we haven't told you our goals yet, so we can still be last year, right, Rusty and Ryan. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. But yeah, so some things we need to kind of preface the show before we get into it. Uh, We already talked about this is our community game of the year special, which as we always do to kind of kick off the new year, we also talk about our top 10 most anticipated games. So we'll be doing that next episode here in about a week and a half. So you can be sure to look out for that. And with that, as Ryan just alluded to, we'll talk about some of our New Year's resolutions that relates to games. Hopefully Ryan is looking to um, maybe shave off 900 hours and get his runescape playing time down to 800 it it was moving in the right direction i shaved off about 200 hours this year so if we can do another 200 we should be good yeah something like that maybe more (laughs) and uh hopefully rusty kind of shaves off some of the trophy collecting ambitions and starts to play some of his retro backlog maybe boot up that switch more often so hear more about that next week but for now, we have to get into the things we always talk about on our Talker Brothers. So if you're new here, welcome in. Again, we have a nice little backlog of episodes for you to check out, only 152 of them. And uh, we tend to record very short episodes, very brief. Typically, you can listen to them on your lunch break. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, nothing longer than 30 minutes. That's exactly right. So be sure to check some of those episodes out. We also kick off the show talking about any relevant life updates we want to bring to the show, just what's been going down in our personal life. And then each and every episode, we talk about the games that we have been playing recently. And I know I've been playing some good stuff over the course of the holiday. And I think Ryan took some advice from me and has been playing some pretty special video games as well. So looking forward to getting to all of that and a lot more here. So buckle up, get cozy. Hope you're playing a nice game. Hopefully you have a nice warm beverage to accompany this particular episode. But Ryan, I have to know what's been going down the past couple of weeks for you. Uh, not too much. Uh, New Year's was pretty chill. Um, I'm cool being in 2023. Mm-hmm. Starting off right. Um, so back in November, I bought a CRV, mm. and so I had two vehicles for a little while. And last weekend, I ended up selling my Civic. So that's a big weight off my chest. I am down to one vehicle. So that's, that's good. That's good. Um, get to pay only one car insurance versus two. So that's nice as that's well. That's also nice. Yeah. Um. So I got the check. I mean, selling a car is pretty easy. It's the negotiation. You basically sign a few forms. They write you a check and you're out the door with the the check. Mm. So I went to the bank um, right after I bought it. I ran in like 20 minutes before close, gave them the check. They gave me a receipt for that. And I went home and I was like, okay, cool. They only put $500 into the bank. Mm. And so yesterday we were originally going to record. And I was freaking out because I it's a lot of money to not have transfer. So apparently it's kind of like a stopgap. So they do it just in case like there's fraud or like the check bounces. Um, but got it resolved. So I am doing good now that that's there. Good for you, man. Um, and then starting this new year off, Nikki, my f- uh, family friend, we used to cook meals um, so we, we were trying out a new recipe and it's kind of like a beef Wellington. So it's called a shooter sandwich. Oh, it's like an old timey. I don't know if it's English, but like European kind of pub food. Um, it's like basically the same ingredients as a beef Wellington. So you got the uh, dehydrated mushrooms that you cook on the stove. You have like a steak versus kind of pork, which I think beef Wellington is. You've got the Dijon mustard, and a beef wellington is like a puff pastry that you do, and it takes like three days. And we're like, nah, we're, we're good. But a shooter sandwich is basically that that inside of a bread loaf. Mm. So you got kind of like your little round bread loaf. You chop off the top almost like a pumpkin. You hollow out all the bread, feed it to your dog, and then you basically Dijon mustard the inside, and then... You do like a layer of the mushroom crumbles and then you do your steak and then do like two layers of that. Um, I couldn't find the right steak. So I ended up going to the butcher and just getting two New York strips Mm, and doing that. So our our meat was really thick. Um, And then what you're supposed to do, which we didn't, is you're supposed to kind of flatten it overnight in the fridge and eat it cold. But we ate the steaks and the the sandwich warm. But overall, really good. Um, I think that's kind of like our immediate or intermediary kind of increase in the difficulty up until we try actually try like a real beef Wellington. Nice, dude. Um, people were here coming here to expecting video games, and you're over here talking about Martha Stewart recipes <laughs> and Carfax. Yeah, and- you can buy my uh, cookbook 
here in 2024. So you just have to wait for a year for me to write it. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, overall good. I fi- finally figured out how to cook a steak with a meat thermometer. And it works really well. Like that's the way to go with temperatures and everything. So There's opportunity here, man. You need to start writing some of this stuff down. Yeah, I need to make my own cookbook. I will. Get one of those nice little uh, hats, mm. like Chef Boyardee hats. Yeah. You look pretty cute in one of those. Get a little apron, yeah. you know, just irresistible, like the ones from Graders. Sure. Yeah. No, Lauren has an apron that says irresistible on it. Oh. From her days yeah. Well, she doesn't need one. You know, she just already looks like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then besides that, um, just starting the Expanse series, just reading a book. Watching TV, reading books, cooking, selling cars. New me. Ryan is just <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy things in 2023. Yeah. I haven't uh, reached those levels. I haven't really sold anything that I know of. Um, not doing a whole lot of baking. But I did start my next rotation with this uh, rotational program that I'm doing for work. And I uh, won't really go into any details with that, but I'm excited to learn more, stretch myself a bit going into the new year and, and learn a whole bunch of new stuff and meet new people. It should be good times. But outside of that, Lauren and I have just been watching some movies. You know, Lauren and I watched some pretty intense movies over the holidays. Mm-hmm. One of them, both are on Netflix. So if you live in the States, these should be uh, in your local Netflix queues, or at least accessible. You've got No Escape with Owen Wilson. A couple other folks that are, uh, are notable as well. Pierce Brosnan, of course, the, the Bond of the late 90s, early 2000s. Couple, a couple other folks that people would recognize. Basic plot of the movie is Owen Wilson... Works for this big company. I'm not even really sure what the name of it is or what exactly he does. But for whatever reason, he has to go to uh, Malaysia or some, some some Asian country. And when he arrives, he's kind of shopping around in, in the city. His, his, his wife and two daughters are up in the hotel room. And he quickly realizes that there's kind of this uprising. And this local militia ends up kind of taking out a lot of foreigners, like just shooting them, killing them. So he quickly recognizes that he needs to get his family the heck out of there. And as the name might imply, no escape. It's their kind of journey trying to get out of the country and seek refuge. Um, Really intense, but a fun little action thriller if you're into those types of things. And then we also watched a movie called Prisoners, which stars Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal is a private detective. And Hugh Jackman gets together with one of his families for Thanksgiving, or one of his friends for Thanksgiving, and both of their daughters get kidnapped. And so they hire Jake Gyllenhaal to kind of go on this investigation, try to figure out what happened. And it's brutal, very emotionally uh, taxing. Yeah. Good Christmas theme. I would say, yeah. So turn off the Grinch and watch Prisoners, people. Seriously. (laughs) Um, No, but great flicks. But because we were just like, man, we need to kind of scale this back a bit, right? Go back to our roots, things that kind of help us de-stress and remind us of simpler times. So mm. what else would you turn to but high school musical, right? <laughs> I mean, there's really no other option. You're scanning Disney+. Plus. We've already watched Home Alone so many times. They're, they're literally prompting us and saying, hey, you can't watch this. The system's down. Everyone's trying to watch Home Alone on Disney Plus right now. So we're like, okay. I guess we'll watch High School Musical. Got to get some Zac Efron in. Dude, holy moly. What... Those songs. We're all in this together. 
No, that's not when they clap, but I know there's clapping in there Dude, somewhere. Dude, there's clapping, there's toe tapping, there's dancing, oh, there's cheese, yeah. there's Get sap- your head in the game. There's so much sappiness and it's just so wholesome. It is. Yeah. Holy moly. Easier times. Yeah, yeah. I think when High School Musical came out, I was like 12 and I don't think my sister, my sister played a lot of CDs growing up, like nonstop because we went to, a, to school, my mom was dropping us off. Uh, the Bodyguard with Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. We listened to that CD all the time. Um, High School Musical being another one. Uh, I, I could go down a long list of CDs that my sister listened to. I'll, I will spare you the details. But High School Cheetah Musical. Girls. And that was another one. Yeah. High School Musical, we always listened to that CD. And because I like had to resent my sister because I was like 12, right? Yeah. It's just what you do at that age. But secretly, dude, <laughs> internally, I'm I'm bopping to get your head in the game and all those other tunes. They're good. But um, I'd never seen High School Musical 2 or 3. So we finished 2. That was all right. There's a couple wacky songs in that that particular movie. Um, But the story is serviceable, right? And then 3 is all about them going through their senior year and graduating and going to college. We haven't finished that yet. So no spoilers. But I'll tell you what. If you were like between the ages of like eight and I would say 15 when High School Musical came out and you're like in your late 20s and early 30s now, there's no way you can tell me that those songs don't still slap. No, they're, they're still they hold up yeah. really well, for sure. Go watch High School yeah. Musical, people. Do yourself a favor. Just take that time machine back 2006. Watch a wholesome film and remember good times when the Wii was coming out, the PS3, Xbox 360. You can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Lost was still on the air. Oh, my gosh. Still people. going down. Jeez, I love how you found a way to sneak lost into the episode. Yeah, dude, I, I know. That's why I pay you the big bucks. It really is. Well, I'm here. But uh, but yeah, that was mostly my week. Just watching wholesome movies with uh, some crazy movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, just hanging out with Lauren, dude. Mm-hmm. Just getting back to the basics. It's been good. Very restful. My boss actually asked me how my break was. And I don't really have a break because I didn't take time off. But we did have the day before Christmas Eve off. And I think the day after New Year's or whatever it was. And I just said quiet and relaxing. Yeah. Just the best kind of break. Quiet, relaxing, no drama, no nonsense, just video games, caffeinated beverages, and good movies. No. I, I had two weeks off, and that was pretty much the same for me. Just chill, a snowstorm, a good excuse to just stay inside and play some games. That's right. That's right. But uh, but speaking of games, Ryan, and good games at that, mm-hmm. not the RuneScape kind of games, you've been playing some great games, yes. I would say, the past couple of weeks. So I do want to hear about how things have been going for you. Yeah, so uh, I I started Bioshock. I uh, I took the plunge. I'm a little RPG'd out right now. Um, so I was going to start Mass Effect. I have that downloaded, but a fun shooter seemed up my alley to kind of change it up. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I played through, I don't even know how far I was in the game, up until you fight the first big daddy. Okay. So that's where I got to before. And I'm a little bit before that now. I maybe, I don't know if there's chapters, but locations. I'm three through three locations. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a ton of fun. It's still terrifying. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a Last of Us type terrifying. Like this one's more manageable. Mm-hmm. It's not scary for scary's sake. It's more atmospheric. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just I don't like the cackling and all these like sides of the room. The but, splicers and all the weird little people running yeah, around. Yeah. But being able to electrify people as they're like sprinting up to me is really nice for 
my scare factor. Mm-hmm. Like it, it gives me some type of buffer. I'm like, okay, I, I can get through this. Dude, the plasmids are so fun to mess around with. They're a ton of fun. So I had electricity, I had fire, and then I think I had like gravity or something. Mm-hmm. Like I could levitate stuff. And I never really figured out levitation. Like I grabbed a bomb out of midair and then I think I threw it at a wall or something. But yeah, no, I, I'm loving electricity and fire. Nice. Well, one of the other things I love about Bioshock and kind of just going back to the old school Windows PCs that you might have had laying around when you were younger, there were a couple of computer games that were just amazing that lots of people probably remember fondly. You had, of course, your Minesweepers and your Solitaire type stuff, but you also had the one where the little dude would, would be like on skis and you kind of go down the hill and you'd have that monster that would inevitably kind of run out of the woods and grab you. Yeah. There was that game, the Endless Runner type thing. Then there was the little mice one where you tried to get the cheese and then the cats would come out. And you'd have to, the number of cats would kind of multiply over the course of the different levels and you'd still try and get the cheese and get the high score type of thing. People know what I'm talking about. And then there was Pipe Dream. All right. One of my favorite little puzzle type games ever. We, of course, had a Pipe Dream type mini game in Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man by Insomniac. Yeah. And you're doing a lot of the lab tests for Doc Ock. And then... There is hacking, the hacking minigame in Bioshock that also kind of has the pipe dream type stuff going on, which I particularly love. I think it's one of the best things in the game. How you liking hacking? I'm loving it. So I think the time to beat was like 12 hours for the game. And when we were talking originally, you were just like, play the damn game. And I was kind of curious, like if I was going to go through it quickly or like how invested I was going to get into the world and I, I think I'm doing like pretty much everything yeah. like I'm following or finding all of the little recorders to figure out what the hell's going on in this place called Rapture and then like as I'm stumbling into those I'm getting just drilled by like turrets and shit and what's really nice like hacking is you can hack the turrets and then make friends with these turrets and um, my favorite part or the most I'm like hacking literally everything I can. Like I ran into a room and there was this alarm went off because I tripped something and it was just 90 seconds of like police helicopters coming at me. It's literally like basically drones with machine guns attached to them. Mm -hmm. And what you can do is you can electrocute them and then hack them. And then, then you gain a friend. So I'm like, all right, I got this shit. I hacked one, another one came at me 30 seconds later, hacked that one, and I had two drones that I was just like ferrying around. And then the third one came and we killed it together with my new robot death friends. It's a ton of fun. Um, Some of them are a little stressful. There was like a safe where basically you you connect the tubes and then like slowly like goo comes through. Mm -hmm. Like like the old school pipe dream. Yeah. And uh, yeah. For safes, it goes pretty quick. Yeah, it does. So it's somewhat stressful, but for everything else, it's pretty chill. Dude, I can literally imagine in my brain the sound effects as it kind of kickstarts and that fluid starts kind of going through. Oh, dude, Bioshock is so freaking it's, good. It's a ton of fun. The combat's nice. Um, I'm playing on easy and I'm still dying because I'm like totally forgetting I have health and like how to heal. Um, but overall, good. I'm a lot of fun. I have, I think I have a shotgun, a pistol. A Tommy gun. Nothing too crazy, but like combat's pretty nice. You have a nice little arsenal of weapons in in Bioshock. It really is such a good game. Glad you're finally playing it. Glad you're enjoying it because I knew there was kind of a bar to clear there 
in terms of the scare factor type stuff. Yeah, and there is some scarcity to ammo and things. Mm-hmm. So I run into my uh, my instinct to just hoard shit. I think I have nine healing, which is the max. So I'm like, okay, I can rest. I know there's a ceiling to things. Like once I hit the ceiling, I'm like, oh, I can use this more sparingly. Or it's just the ammo. It's switching between guns. I'm, I need to know that cap mm-hmm. so I feel safe to use it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of fun so far. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And maybe you'll go right to Bioshock Infinite after that. I'm thinking of two as well. Mm. So one, two, three. Just go through the entire trilogy. I'd be really surprised if you... I'd like buy you a meal if you played all three games back to back to back. Okay. Which meal? Well, you Where tell me going? what you want. I mean, keep Asian it... Asian star. Okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. Dude, well, I'll take you to... Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Chinese buffet? Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'm game. Cool. I, I'm going to win. All right, well... <laughs> Check in back uh, the next podcast. Yeah, Rats on a Stick is a good motivation to get me to play all three games. Food is definitely a motivating factor for you when it comes to things, uh, really anything. So if Yeah, I'm like a dog. (laughs) Just throw me a treat and I'll play by a shock. (laughs) Hey, dude. Hey, sit, Ryan. Come on, you got this. (laughs) Whatever it takes with you sometimes to tell you to put down the RuneScape and play something else. Yeah, well, good stuff. Did you squeak any other games or has Bioshock been the main one? Oh, RuneScape. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a new year, but you got goals. <laughs> <laughs> no new caves or anything, but we'll see. Hey, it's still early, man. No, uh, Ben gave me so much crap. So like, I'm ma- I'm not going to rant about RuneScape, but like, I'm the highest level in the game. And one thing I hate is fucking quests in the game because I've played them before for some of them and they're just not fun. So I'm the highest level and there's one quest where you need like a partner to help you. And Ben was supposed to like hide my shame because people level one or level 40 usually do this quest. I'm level 126, the highest you can go. So like, and it's just kind of the shame that comes with it. Mm. And it turns out you need someone from like a different gang. And he turned out to be the same gang, so I need to go ask for help. But going into like a clan and saying, hey, I know I'm maxed and I look like a noob asking for help. Can you help me? Mm. And uh, I got past that shame this week and I asked for help and I got a friend level 40 to come help me. So I, I've it's a hurdle that had to be done and I humbled myself to do that quest. Hey, dude. What games did you play that are not RuneScape and are better than RuneScape? It's important in a new year to be a better you, Ryan. And yeah. the, the first step in getting better is asking for help. So, I know. Yeah. So, so. I, I took that step. It might be in RuneScape, but maybe in the real world too. Yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. Uh, yeah. So I've been bouncing around a little bit over the past couple of weeks. I guess we'll kind of provide some some brief updates to the the Road to 100 Platinums. I think the last time we talked, I may have been at 96. So my 97th was The Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Hell yeah. Which I think is a great one to add to the 100 Platinum Trophies belt, if you will. 98 will either be The Last of Us Part 2, which I went back and cleaned up all the trophies on. And for anyone out there that just doesn't want to experience the pain of The Last of Us Part 2, one, I don't blame you because... There's a lot that goes on in that game. It it's is not a good game. Talk either. about emotionally taxing. That is just exhausting for 30 hours. And I thought originally that I would have to go through the entirety of the game over again to get the platinum trophy mm-hmm. because there are some 
sequence specific trophies where you just have to maybe interact with someone one time or win this little mini game that happens as part of a story sequence. Mm -hmm. And those are obviously chapter specific. Yeah. And I missed a couple of those. Well, come to find out, not only can you go back to the individual um, sections of the game, you can click on like a particular day. If you've played The Last of Us Part Two, the game takes place in Seattle. I won't say anything else, but like Seattle Day One, you can click into that. And then each individual chapter under that particular section of the game, you can go into and get the collectibles that you need to do the individual story sequence trophies that you need to and all of that. The only trophies you can't get by doing chapter select are upgrading all of your weapons and all of the individual character upgrades just because in the base game, you're not going to collect enough materials to be able to perform mm-hmm. those upgrades all in one play playthrough. So you'd probably have to play a couple more hours to unlock those. So the long and short of it, of all of that, that I was just ranting about, um, I only need two more trophies in The Last of Us Part Two, And so that will require me to do a new game plus and start working through some of that stuff. Uh, but I was planning on doing that anyway, just because Lauren, uh, my wife, we just recently finished playing The Last of Us Part One, the remake. She had never experienced the story loved our playthrough i can't remember if i talked about that as part of our game of the year episode uh, a couple weeks back we wanted to play that in anticipation of the show which actually debuts on hbo here on sunday and getting glowing reviews by the way yeah people are saying it's the best video game adaptation uh, in either film or tv to this point not that that's a very high bar to clear although i did like those resident evil movies those are definitely a pretty big guilty (laughs) pleasure for me i'm hoping this mario movie comes out and is pretty good well, I mean, people did like the Sonic movie. That's a good point. But critically, yeah. I don't think that was reviewed as well as something like The Last of Us currently no, is being reviewed. No. Um, I but, like The Witcher. It did stray from the books, apparently. But I yeah. had fun with that one. Yeah, I do need to get around to, to watching that. Um, and doing another playthrough of The Witcher 3 when I have 100 hours to kill. Um, <laughs> but getting back to The Last, Last of Us Part 2, I'm excited to go through that. As excited as you can to go through that particular game for the sole purpose of really seeing Lauren's reaction. I don't necessarily need to re-experience the entirety of that game again, just because it's so draining. Um, But I'll tell you what, going through part one, a lot of people talk about the gameplay of the last of us and even the Uncharted games for that matter, not really being a highlight. It's more, you're there for the story, dude. I love the scavenging for resources. You have limited ammo, the stealth type stuff. I mean, We've talked about whether it's Wolfenstein, Dishonored, Skyrim for that matter. I love my stealth type stuff in games. Yeah. And Last of Us obviously encourages that type of gameplay because you have the scarcity of resources and ammo. Um, so for that side of it, I'm really looking forward to playing it. The minute to game minute gameplay I like quite a bit. But those major story beats, man, are going to be pretty punishing. Yeah, there's some light moments, but most of it is just like depression <laughs> for, for like 30 hours. Well, and credit to... Which is what they're going for. So, I mean, it is and credit to Naughty Dog, because I feel like coming off of those really heavy moments, I feel like they interject some type of lighthearted like, oh, let me give you a cookie after we just like force fed you like dog tar. Yeah, like dog food (laughs) for the past hour. Um, So, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to having Lauren go through it and see seeing her reactions to some of those major story moments. So anyways, That'll probably be my 98th or 99th. 
The other game I've been, I actually just started today, is an indie platformer called Frogun or Frogun. Okay. I saw this showcased, I think, at some kind of Nintendo Direct a while back, and I didn't think much of it because a lot of times these type of games, like A Short Hike and even Tunic for that matter, that came out exclusive to Xbox at first, typically come to either Switch and Steam or Xbox before they come to other platforms. And this yeah. was something that I knew um, I wanted to get on PlayStation just because typically these types of platformers have really fun trophy lists that just involve you beating the game and and collecting all the collectibles. But if you haven't heard of Frogun, it's very much and kind of modeled after the PS1 era. So think your Croc 2, Legend of the Gobos, or um, I'm trying to think of some of the other PS1 era platformers. If you've ever played Ms. Pac-Man Maze Madness is another one, like a isometric 3D platformer. That's very much the graphical style and game- gameplay style this game is going after. And you play this young little girl, as the name of the game might imply, you have this little frog gun. And anytime you use it, it kind of spits out its tongue in the direction that you aim. And you can use that to either pull yourself to other platforms or use it to like pull certain blocks in other directions that you use to either navigate levels, pull yourself up to other ledges, or you can even use it to like grab an enemy and kind Mm -hmm. of spit him out type of thing. And what I love about the game is that each level that you play is really meant, you're meant to get through it as kind of quickly as possible. Okay. And each of the collectibles in it, you're kind of rewarded for different things. So if you get all the coins in a level, you get an overall collectible. If you get through the level in, let's say, 45 seconds or whatever time limit it tells you you're meant to complete it in, you get another collectible. If you beat it without dying, you get another collectible. So you're incentivized for a number of different things And it kind of encourages multiple playthroughs. So Mm. there's no way you're going to collect everything in a level and beat it in under the time limit it tells you. Just because there's just too many collectibles to get like coins and and emeralds and just other things scattered and hidden around the level that you're meant to explore and trying to find around or find and navigate things around each kind of nook and cranny that there's just no way you're going to collect everything in like 40 seconds, Mm -hmm. for example. Um, but because you can kind of get through these levels so fast, it's fun on the playing the f- level for the first time to really explore it, navigate it, collect everything, beat all the enemies, figure out like how you would ideally speed run each of those levels, like what would be the quickest quickest route, and then when you beat it on the casual run without dying or whatever other collectibles that you go for, then immediately booting it back up and doing the speed run uh, speed run run. Um, and I'm not much of a speedrunner, but just the way these levels um, are kind of designed, it's just it makes it a lot of replay factor, but really fun to play. Very nice. So how many levels are there? I'm not sure. I've only played it for about an hour and I got through maybe five to six levels and every five to six levels, as you kind of expect in your 3D platformers, you fight a boss mm-hmm. and then you go to a different world that kind of has a different environmental theme. And uh, I'm still in the first world. Mm. So So are you planning to 100% each world before you move to the next? Is that your I'm trying to. There there was one or two worlds where um, there was one world that had 420 coins. And I got to the very end and I had 419, Uh, uh, which kind of pissed me off. It just kind of reminded me of Spyro where you're always missing like one freaking red ruby. And you have no idea where it is. But, uh, But it's always fun to, you know scavenge the level and try and find that one 
last little collectible that you're missing. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I haven't really played a PS1 era type platform like this in a while. And if anything, it really just gets me wanting to boot up my PS2 and, you know, plug and play some of my PS1 library because um, I miss the simplicity of these types of platformers. I think nowadays you have so many games that are just trying to do so much. And I kind of love the stupid simple model of the PS1 era with your Spyros, your Crocs, and of course the N64 stuff too, like, you know, your Banjo-Kazooies. So um, as we get into next week's episode and start talking about some of our New Year's resolutions as it relates to games and maybe some of the game libraries we want to play more going into this new year, um, you know, spoilers, the PS1 and PS2 type stuff is is definitely a library I want to get get back into and, and really start kind of tackling some of my backlog because I have a treasure trove of platformers like this that I may have played a little bit growing up, like Croc being a great example. I have yeah. Croc 1 and 2 on the PS1, uh, but I've never really played those games much. I have yeah. no nostalgic ties to them. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't even know if I've ever played a Croc game. Um, I've seen gameplay. I know of the character, but playing this game really gets me excited to play more games like it very nice yeah but, i played croc 2 on the computer i never owned a playstation 1 or 2 i started with 3 but it was a ton of fun okay i think that was one of my first introductions to platforming that's awesome besides yeah. like the mario 64 yeah big one but croc 2 was yeah very cool yeah so if you like those types of platformers or you're just looking for a cozy game to play on switch steam i think it's on xbox as well again i'm playing on playstation Check out Frogun, F-R-O-G-U-N. You can probably get it for less than 20 bucks. If you can get this for 10 or 15, I think it's worth picking up. I'm really enjoying my time with it so far. But that'll kind of act as either my 98th or 99th Platinum. Again, last was part two in Frogun. I'm thinking we'll ride that out into the sunset and then Kingdom Hearts will be my 100th, making great progress on that Platinum. I am at the literal end of the world in my proud difficulty playthrough i've already got the speedrun trophy i've got the trophies for beating the game without changing equipment mm -hmm. or um having any continues so a lot of kingdom hearts grinding in the uh, behind the scenes i won't bore people with the details of that but it's definitely definitely shaping up to be my 100th platinum and then I'm looking forward to taking a sabbatical <laughs> for trophy collecting for most of 2023. Good. Um, but more on that next episode. The one other game, and I guess, again, teasers for kind of next episode talking about how I kind of want to play games for the rest of the year. I'd really like to have one kind of beefier boy going behind the scenes mm -hmm. and then one more casual game that I can play to kind of bring me down at the end of a long day. Okay, so, so what's your beefy boy right now? My beefy boy, I'll get to in a second, but I've also been chipping away at Kirby and the Forgotten Land mm. before bed. Okay. Laura and I, we put on a nice movie, High School Musical, Prisoners, No Escape, you know, <laughs> something easy on the brain before you, you know, you look at your eyelids for eight hours every night. And I've been chipping away at Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which has been a really good time. I mean, it's just Kirby. I mean, it's so, so joyful to play. I love the, the mouthful mode where you can become a a construction cone and a car and a vending machine and a freaking ice cream cone, all kinds of ridiculous things. It's, it's so clever and it's impossible to play that game without smiling. So that's a great game to play before bed. And I'm actually in the final world of that. Wow. So continuing to ship away at that. And uh, 
my beefier boy is Final Fantasy XII. Mm, okay. Going into this year, I'd really like to start polishing off some of the RPGs and JRPGs and longer games in my backlog that, I don't know about you, but anything beyond, I would say, the 25-hour mark on how long to beat, I'm just like, nah, I'll get to you someday. Right? Yeah, it, it's getting harder and harder to play the a longer game like that. Yeah, I mean, just nowadays, right? Life gets in the way. There's a lot going on. We... Uh, time is is definitely a precious commodity. So when I look at something like Dragon Quest Eleven, or Death Stranding, or Days Gone, or you know some of these longer type games, I kind of just continue to like leave on the shelf, not pull off the shelf, and give the time of day and uh, give the time and attention that they deserve. But the Final Fantasy series is another one that I feel like I need to do some homework on. And I started Final Fantasy 12 back in 2021, got about six to eight hours in, loved the combat and how it was kind of MMO Xenoblade Chronicles like where you have this real time stuff going on, but it, you're not mashing the X button or anything like that. And it's also yeah. not turn based a little bit different. Definitely a change of pace for the Final Fantasy series at that point. But uh, I kind of just put it on the back burner for whatever reason but going into this year i was just really in the mood to sink my teeth into a jrpg so i pulled that one off the shelf booted my save back up and it was like i didn't skip a beat thankfully i was at a point in the game where i booted up my save i was in the main town of Ravenaster, if you're familiar with final fantasy 12 and had no idea what was going on thankfully one of my party members was right there and i talked to them and they were like oh vaughn just walk through the street and say this thing or talk to these people and you'll progress the story was basically the roundabout thing of what they said. And I'm like, perfect, right? This is great. <laughs> um, Dragon Quest 11 is really nice because anytime you come back to that game, it does something I think all JRPGs should do at this point where it's like previously on your adventure, these yeah. five things happened. Like a recap. Yeah. Next, you need to go do this thing over here on the map um, because I mean, it's difficult for someone to give 80 hours of their time in a short period, short timeline, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've made the mistake of, I think Dragon Quest Eleven. I took like a year off. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to grind some shit and see what happens at the end. Yeah, I mean, JRPGs, I think a lot of people tend to put it down either for a couple of days or a couple of weeks before they can't come back and, and end up polishing it off. But anyways, Final Fantasy Twelve. I came back to it. Uh, was able to jump back in, really no problem, and uh, I just couldn't be stopped. So I think when I booted up my save, I was about eight hours in, and right now I'm just shy of 30. Holy crap, you went hard. Yeah, so I'm really making my way downtown with Final Fantasy twelve and loving every minute of it. So for those that are not familiar with Final Fantasy twelve, I never played it when it came out. I wasn't really a fan of JRPGs around that time. So I don't really have a clear understanding of what the hype was like, what the public reception was like, what critics were saying. It reviewed pretty dang well. I think IGN gave it maybe a 9, 8.8, .8, something like that. Metacritic has it re reviewed pretty high. Um, but I don't really know what like the unanimous Final Fantasy fan base re uh, response was to FF12. But anyways, I'm enjoying it. The story to kind of set the scene a little bit reminds me a lot of a cross between firefly i don't think you've ever seen that nope but that's kind of like a western star wars 
okay. and Star Wars. It really feels like a cross between Firefly and Final Fantasy or <laughs> Firefly and Star Wars. I actually pulled up the Wikipedia plot kind of general pitch. Okay. Because this sounds like something right out of Star Wars. Like they clearly have borrowed inspiration or themes from the underlying um, story beats of Star Wars. But the game takes place in Ivalis, I think is how you pronounce that. It's a galaxy far, far away. Exactly. Where the empires of Arcadia and Rosaria are waging in an endless war. So basically just the rebels and the empire. Yeah. Dalmasca, a small kingdom, is caught between the warring nations. When Dalmasca is annexed by Arcadia, its princess, Ash, creates a resistance movement. Oh, shit. During the struggle, she meets Vaughn, a young adventurer who dreams of becoming a sky pirate in command of an airship. They are quickly joined by a band of allies. Together, they rally against the tyranny of the Arcadian Empire. So <laughs> very much Star Wars-like. Yeah. Um, where Vaughn, in this case, is, of course, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And the princess, Ash, is kind of like Leia. Yeah, right now you guys are working on getting some Y-wings and going out and destroying a, a star that is causing death. And, you know, you have a furry friend with ears and it just he she Chewbacca sounds all the time. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I am enjoying the story. And unlike Final Fantasy 13, which is probably my favorite Final Fantasy game next to Final Fantasy 9, um, I feel like the story is pretty digest digestible like okay. it's not like some convoluted mess where i need to pull up a guide and try and make sense of who this character is or what this group is and what their motivation is for you know whatever they're doing it's it's very palatable and understandable and what i missed about jrpgs and i kind of tweeted about this and i'm actually going to make a youtube video kind of going a little bit deeper into it i just miss miss grinding a bunch defeating a boss getting like three to five minutes of cutscenes to kind of help lay the foundation for the next area of the story, yeah. what the characters are doing and then rinse and repeat, you know, and just doing that in three to five hour play, uh, like play sessions. It's just been a great game, especially with the colder weather to boot this up, maybe have a Twitch stream up, maybe have a podcast up and just grind my way to the next area and what I love particularly about Final Fantasy XII, again, I'm playing the remaster on PS4. This originally came out on PS2. They have a number of quality of life improvements in this one. One of which, again, going back to the idea of time being a precious commodity. And if you look up the how long to beat on Final Fantasy XII on PS2, you're looking between 60 and 80 hours. Okay. Talk about beefy boys. That's a long one. If you play the Zodiac Age, which is the remaster on PS4 or other consoles as well, they kind of shave off anywhere from 20 to 30 hours for a number of reasons. But what I love is that they have a fast forward feature. So you can speed up gameplay either times two the normal speed or times four the normal speed. And this translates not to the cutscenes. It's not like people are talking a million miles per hour. It's specific to the actual gameplay and combat. So mm. when you're scavenging these long landscapes where enemies are constantly popping up and you're fighting them to gain experience points, you can multiply the speed of that by two or four. So as long as your guys are leveled up enough and your gambits are configured the way they should be, and I probably won't go too much into gambits, but um, it's just basically how the combat system works, then you can kind of just AFK. sit there. Yeah. yeah, just sit there, get XP, 
run around the map, knock all these characters out, go between different areas, all the enemies respawn, rinse and repeat. You do that for 15, 30 minutes, you guys level up at least two or three times. So would you take that over a higher XP rate? Because it's essentially doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, would you getting... rather have, I mean, enemies dropping higher XP? No, I mean, you're can... getting XP so quickly, it doesn't even matter. Okay. And to the point where, again, you do the same thing. You always try to break your RPGs, right? Before you go to the next boss, you're always trying to be way overpowered. So case in point, I get to this point in the story. I've been doing my, my due diligence when it comes to grinding. I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job. I walk into the next boss battle just to kind of, you know, for shits and giggles. I, I Googled recommended level for boss X. And they said, well, you probably should be between 14 and 16. Um, ideally, you'd be 18. My party was level 30. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, I could probably like steamroll the rest of this game. And uh, I don't even care because I'm really invested in the story. I really like the characters. I will talk about the Gambit system really quickly. Um, so the Gambit system basically allows you to configure each of the character um, motions or actions in battle. So you might have a healer, um, like as you would expect to have in your RPGs. You want someone that's going to be kind of the tank, the one that's going to try and pull in all of the damage so everyone else can kind of attack all the enemies in the battlefield. You always have to have a medic or a mage in a Final Fantasy game. So you have a character, you know, casting spells and casting your healing and stuff like that. So the Gambit system allows you to configure the mage, for example, to say, hey, your first priority is to heal anyone who has less than 50% of their natural health. Your next action, if everyone has more than 50% of their health, is to heal everyone that has 70% or less of their health. Mm -hmm. If everyone has at least 70% of their health, your third action is to cast fire, lightning. How often does that check proc? Constant. Oh, It's cool. constantly doing that, right? And so as, as the dynamics of battle change, if you, know, you get hit by a, a, a colossal beast or something like that and kind of starts to wipe out your party, your mage is going into overdrive, right? Trying to heal everyone and bring people back to life type of thing. Nice. Um, and, and just kind of imagine that for some of your other party members, right? So like for me as the party leader, as I'm attacking one person, I have my other guys say, hey, Whatever enemy the party leader's attacking, attack that person first, right? As that person dies, then you can configure other actions. It just makes for just a really, it feels like you're almost playing like a D&D &D game. Like a Mass Effect. To a certain yeah. extent, you're kind of constantly trying to re-strategize as you go into different areas of the map and progress the story. Um, and again, if you have your Gambit system configured well enough, it kind of turns into, as you were saying, AFK. You can be literally watching a Netflix show if you wanted to. Nice. Um, but yeah. It's my kind of game. Really enjoying Final Fantasy XII. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just been a great JRPG to play through the, the, the wintry season, and I'm looking forward to playing more. I think based on the guide that I wasn't necessarily following, but as I get to each area, I'm trying to figure out like what percentage of game complete I am based on where I'm at in the game. I'm either 60%... I'm, it looks like I'm about 60% through the game based on the number of story beats I still need to get to. Mm. But I have no idea if that last 30% of the game is actually going to take me 50 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's tough to know. But Final Fantasy 12 is great. 
If you haven't played it, I think it's definitely accessible and newcomer friendly to them for the most part for um, noob JRPG players. A lot of tutorials in the beginning to help bring you up to speed and walk you through, help you learn the ropes of everything. And once you get the hang of it, it's easy. Nice. So, um, yeah, but that's all I've been playing the past couple of weeks. A lot of good stuff. Final Fantasy 12, Bioshock, Frogun. Yeah, good list. Now. Excellent stuff. But Ryan, I think I'm going to top off my copy, coffee, make a bad life decision, and then uh, I'm going to get my voice this. ready. Yeah to read 11 lengthy emails all about 2022 celebrating the year that was all of our wonderful otaku brothers community members and the emails that they graciously sent in so we'll be right back cue some tunes and we'll see you for the community game of the year email read let's do it Now, to set the stage, because I think it's important to reiterate, as we did at the top, that this is the Community Otaku Brothers Game of the Year special part of the episode. We encouraged all of our listeners to send us an email at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com, just as you can as a listener today with any questions. You want to send us an audio question, really anything that makes the show better. We'd really appreciate it, even if you had a feedback for us or a Chronos Correction Corner. If we get something wrong and you want to correct us, you can do that and we'll read it here live on the show. But we encouraged everyone to send us an email with their submissions for the seven different award categories for our Game of the Year special. And so we got 11 emails and previously we had encouraged people to do this. And if they did, it earned them one point towards a Nintendo eShop giveaway. Mm-hmm. And if they sent us a... or if they sent evidence of submitting a review of the podcast, they got two additional points for a total of three possible points for the eShop gift card. Uh, no one sent us any additional uh, reviews this year. Okay. So I figured we'll kind of just scrap that idea. And if you send us an email, you get a point. Evil playing field for everyone. We got 11 emails. And uh, you have a 1 in 11 chance of winning a $20 eShop gift card just for sending us an email. How great is that? Um, May the odds be in your favor. We will do that giveaway at an undisclosed time in the remainder of the show, which means we're not going to timestamp it and you just have to listen to the very end of the episode, (laughs) which I know is a pain for some people, but uh, you got to do it, right? You got to do, or you could just like fast forward 15 seconds until, you know, you hear me talk about uh, the giveaway again, but why would you do that? Yeah. These people Come worked on. long and hard on these emails. Some of them maybe too long. <laughs> and, I think uh, I sent an email into the show and it was like one third 
of the length of some of these, but yeah, but no, I would really, love to read it. Really do appreciate everyone that came out this year and sent us an email, um, especially those ones where you worked long and hard, were burning the midnight oil and sent us 14 paragraphs. We are going to read all of it. We <laughs> is this a we? You cue <laughs> Uncle Phil clip from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air where he says we to uh to Will and uh, walks out of the room because Rusty is going to be reading all of these, mm-hmm. not Ryan. Um, so I guess I better just buckle up and drink my tea and drink lots of water so I can get through all of these. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to read all of these one by one as they came in. So if you sent your email in first, you're getting in first. I'm going to read it first and then um person who sent it in last, we'll, we'll read that last. So it should be fun. Hopefully we get some good commentary and back and forth. And I'm just looking forward to seeing where everyone else's minds were at for games in 2022. Yeah. Shall so, we get started? Let's get started. So the first one we have here is from our good friend, Holy Hand Grenade or Ben, I think is his RL name. And uh, kudos to Ben because he is really the one responsible for me getting to play Tinyken. Mm, earlier yeah. this year when I saw Thank him, you for that. him playing on PlayStation. Of course, you as well. But anyways, the award, the first award category, Comfort Food Game of 2022. This, of course, is the game that really just was, you know, easy going for you, kind of reset your mind a bit, helped you de-stress after a long day. And for him, that was the Mass Effect trilogy. He said, this is my third time playing through the games, first time platinuming them. Holy crap. <laughs> Speaking my language, I, I do have to wonder. Those are some big games to platinum. Yeah, what the time was to complete those. But uh, I guess we'll have to get that fact after the show. Award category number two, Slappin' OST. This is just the game that had a soundtrack that went way too hard. You were tapping your toes and doing a little dance while you were playing the game. Xenoblade 3. He said, Xenoblade is known for good scores and 3 does not disappoint. You love to see it. Blink and you'll miss it game. This is a game that we would say considered or considered a hidden gem kind of flies under the radar. People maybe don't even know about it. Tinykin was a great one for me. I think you as well. He says the entropy center, a very portal inspired puzzle game. It has great Mm -hmm. atmosphere and writing. The puzzles take a little bit to get going, but once they do, they're pretty good. Very cool. I haven't heard of this. one. I haven't either. Yeah. I've heard of portal so I can. Get a gist of it. Yeah, definitely have to take some mental notes and check out that one after the show. His I'll Get To It Eventually Game of 2022. This is just one of those games that you bought, you had good intentions of playing, but maybe it still sits shrink-wrapped on your shelf. For him, Voice of Cards, The Forgotten Maiden. Mm -hmm. I really like the first Voice of Cards game, so I'd like to get around to this one. I'm coming around, or I'm coming away from this email with lots of games I need to check out. Yeah, same here. I'm not familiar with a lot of these, but his prior year game of the year. Very self-explanatory award here. This is just one that came out prior to 2022, but it's one of your favorites that you played. Mm-hmm. And for him, that's Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. They ported this to Switch, and all the things that you've heard about this game are true. Um, I feel like that game would probably run really well on the Switch just because it's so old. Yeah. Would be nice to play portably. That would be really... I might need to pick that up. Yeah. Yeah, good pick Was there. that a physical release or was that just digital? I feel like there was probably a limited run print of that okay. physical, but otherwise, yeah, just grab it digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not submit a award for what was I thinking last year, but that was just kind of the idea that if you have your top 10 games of the year list handy, 
kind of review it a year later. And it's just a chance to sit down with your 2021 year old self and uh, say, what were you thinking? You know, this game totally should not have either been in the list or that game shouldn't have been nine. It was your game of the year. What were you thinking? Yeah. Um, he did not put one down for that, but that's okay. His 2022 game of the year, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. He said, as someone who was getting a little tired of the Kirby formula, this game changes it up in just the right ways. Nintendo has shown once again that they know how to transfer their 2D franchises into the three-dimensional Wonderful game. Again, like I said earlier in the show, you cannot play that game and not be smiling. It's impossible. Yeah, I might need to add that to my list for this year. Really good stuff. Thank you so much, Holy Hand Grain, for sending an email in. Next up, we got Dean, also known as Irish Steeler. He says, hey, bros, and hey, Lauren. Another brilliant year of podcasting by you both. Always a pleasure to tune in and listen. I've had a real busy year, so my list won't be as extensive as previous years. We're currently building our own house and I've been busy with work. It was a pleasure meeting you and Lauren this year in Ireland, trying to talk video games in the loudest pub in the world (laughs) and witnessing the world's greatest warm dance move. Here's to more years of great stuff to come. Right back at you, Dean. I will never forget, as he said, sitting in legitimately the loudest pub that we were in uh, or ever went to in Ireland in the back corner of the bar and, uh, yeah, just sipping pints and talking PS2, Metal Gear Solid, your upbringing playing games and everything in between. Such a great time. I'll never forget it. So thank you for showing us around Dublin, Ireland. That was just one of my favorite moments in 2022, which uh, was an otherwise pretty tough year, but definitely a major highlight was going to Ireland and having the chance to meet you, Dean. So thank you so much. Uh, getting to his list, Comfort Food Game of 2022 vampire survivors it's my most played game on steam deck with almost 60 hours played i've played it most nights before bed it's such a fun little indie game heard a lot of buzz about this Mm -hmm. i've seen gameplay um haven't played it personally but having a game like that on the go uh sounds both dangerous and nice yeah i could get lost in that one yeah um, make sure you're talking in the mic. You're kind of whispering. A little oh, bit. am I? Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. You don't need we to, rearranged you don't, a little you, bit. You don't need to scream, but I'm just, you know, you're talking a little bit under. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I'm job, trying to man. Batman this good episode. Job, <laughs> yeah. I like how you play games and stuff. Hey, guys. Uh, his slap in OST of 2022, and I'm so glad that he sent his email in in time while I was putting together that medley. Uh, you could probably pick which song <laughs> was from this game. His slap in OST was... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, yeah. Shredder's Revenge. Uh, great song. Great soundtrack. Just terrific all around. His Blink and You'll Miss a Game of 2022 was Metal Hellsinger. Fantastic mm. first-person shooter rhythm game. Yeah, I said that. You heard me right. First-person shooter rhythm game. Think Doom meets Guitar Hero, people. <laughs> Had a lot of fun with this one on Game Pass. I do want to check this out. Yeah, I how would that even work? I love me a rhythm game every now and again. Um, I've I've only seen snippets of gameplay, but when we say rhythm game, as the name of the game might imply, metal Hellsinger, you're not running around listening to Killer Queen and freaking like slow ride. We're talking like anthrax, like death metal, <laughs> like people are shredding guitar. It's pretty crazy and loud. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you've played the more recent Doom games, 
Okay. Yeah, those soundtracks are great. Find a way to put a rhythm game in that, and that's what you get with Metal Hellsinger. So uh, check that out, and yeah, it's on Game Pass, so good stuff. His I'll Get To It Eventually game of 2022, Sifu. He says one day. And uh, I think this game would be perfect for PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Not a game I think I'd run out and pay full price for, but uh, as part of the PlayStation Plus service, this seems like one... We find to kind of, you know, dip your toes into and see if it's for you. Yeah, it's a roguelike, right? Kind of. Maybe. It was more of like a beat-em-up where, um, yeah, maybe. I think it is like you start over and see how old you can get. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And like become a master. Yeah, Uh, looks interesting. His prior year game of the year was Dishonored, one of my personal favorites. Mm, Good one. I never had time to just sit and play it. Played through the series finally this year, and it's fantastic. It's now in my top 20 games of all time. Wow. Wow. High praise. I'd be curious to know what the other 19 games are, Dean. And I'm sure others are curious if that was their Discord notification or mine. And it uh, <laughs> it was mine. So my apologies. We, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep that in and, and roll with it. His 2022 game of the year. We already mentioned it. It's Vampire Survivors. It's one game I will always play even with new updates coming. It really struck me by surprise at how much fun I had with it. Haven't had time this year to complete much of the bigger games, but this one's Dean's Game of the Year. So excellent stuff. I love to see the indie game representation there, Dean. Great choice. Keep going along here. We have a familiar face. Many know him as Steve. Even more people know him as Blinkoom on the interwebs. He says, hi, fellas. I'll keep it brief in the intro because I really didn't keep it brief anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Just looking at a wall of texts from a few feet away. We appreciate the commitment, Blank. We really do. I'm even going to move this here so my eyes don't have to go left or right too much here. (laughs) Um, He says, just wanted to say thanks for all the time and effort you guys put into the show. It's not easy to keep something like this going for as long as you have. And I know I speak for all the listeners when I say those efforts are absolutely appreciated. Now, on to the awards. Well, thank you, Blank. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate the kind wor- kind words and appreciate all the things you're doing out there and all the entertainment you provide our ears and eyes. It mm-hmm. definitely doesn't go unnoticed, my friend. His comfort food game of 2022, he says, for me, this one has to be Marvel Snap. I was a massive Hearthstone fan back in the mid-2010s, and my time spent with the game is something I look back on fondly. In fact, to this day, Pulling up a Twitch stream of someone running an arena in Hearthstone is one of my go-to comfort foods after a long day or during a stressful time. So, when some of the key members of Hearthstone's development team split off and formed a new studio and a new game, I was right there with them. Thankfully, the game itself lived up to everything I wanted it to be. The best part, though, is just how quick and snappy the games are. You're in and out of matches in Marvel Snap in two to four minutes. Mm-hmm. You can always squeeze in just a couple more rounds, even when the rest of your life might be too hectic to support playing anything else. I'm glad it was there to help me fill in those gaps, and I'm still returning to it on a daily basis. I feel like I don't have a game where I could just pop in for literally two to four minutes just to get that little scratch of an itch for a game. Do you do you have one of those games? I don't know. Um no, not really. I mean, yeah. I feel like roguelikes are the perfect for these. Yeah. And I'm not really a huge card game type person like the Hearthstones, but yeah, it's, I mean, it used to be Galaxy of Heroes. Oh yeah, that was a that good one. That was really good. Get a few battles in, grind out for the energy you have. 
Um, yeah. We just got new phones, right? And to I'm, Galaxy of Heroes 2. Let's go. I deleted my save data on my old phone, so it can't transfer to my new one. Mm. So I had to make that hard choice. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have anything right now. Um, most of my games are like, you have to commit some time to it. Well, maybe we'll have to find a new game for iOS to get back to those uh, those daily grinds. Mm. As long as yeah. it doesn't require any monetary... Uh, like Clash of Clans, I think I also just deleted as well. Maybe not my data. I think it's still tied to my phone, but the application itself, that one is just, it's a big grind. Mm-hmm. Like the, it did have like one minute battles or something. But. Yeah. One game I remember when I was in college, I took my 3DS everywhere because freaking Street Pass was the move. Oh, it was man. the best. Um, so good. I'll probably take my 3DS to Japan with me so I can do Street Pass in, in Japan, assuming that Street Pass. I don't know if it's still even around. Still a thing. Who'd be carrying a DS? Freaking everyone, dude. Who's not carrying a 3DS nowadays? Wouldn't they be? I guess you can't really carry. Go to the grocery store. Gotta carry 3DS. You just never know. No, I just love seeing all the puzzles like unlocked. It was great. Yeah. Um, Plus, plus at our college, everyone had a DS. mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, certainly certain areas of campus for sure. And that's the only place I went. That's right. (laughs) Get those pieces. That's right. But um. But anyways, one of the games that I often went to for daily type stuff was Pokemon Shuffle on the mm. 3DS, which was the kind of match three uh, bejeweled type of thing, but with a Pokemon skin over it yeah. because you only had so many levels that you could play every day. You get rewarded for coming back the next day, um, but it's really been probably since Pokemon Shuffle since I got into well, and Galaxy of Heroes as well that I had that like two to four minutes. That's all I needed. Pop in play a couple games and get out but um but yeah excellent choice for comfort food blink love the vote there love the pick his slap in ost of 2022 we were spoiled on good music this year which i completely agree Mm -hmm. there really was something for everyone out there from the sweeping orchestral arrangements of games like Elden ring to the upbeat and fun music of games like kirby and the forgotten land but one thing i wasn't expecting was all of the incredible synthy and vibey electronic music we got this year those soundtracks were the ones I think did the best job of putting you in an exact place in an exact mood. And I think the king of those soundtracks has got to be Tunic. Every song in its OST perfectly matched the dreamlike quality of the game. The songs are both familiar, but also a bit hazy, warm, but also a bit abstract. I've listened to it dozens of times this year, and I know there are years of listens ahead of me. Also, I don't want to spoil anything for folks interested in the game, but the co- composer went above and beyond and actually wrote their own cryptic musical language that plays out across the songs. Very fitting for the mysteries of that game and the level of effort I absolutely respect. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, it was a great soundtrack. Tunic soundtrack is absolute fire. Also, massive runner-up, shout out to Citizen's Sleeper soundtrack. Y'all are sleeping on that one. And Blink... I really tried to go above and beyond and sneak in Citizen Sleeper into the medley, but I couldn't quite find a song that I could I could transition well between like Tunic, Tinykin, and um, Neon White. So I threw you a bone, and the composer for The Outer Wilds actually composed like a six-song soundtrack earlier this year called like The Missing Melodies or The Missing Notes or something like that, which was basically his farewell to developing music or having a hand in developing music for the outer wilds wow um and so i picked a song from that and i included it in the beginning of the medley so hopefully you enjoyed that blank 
Anything for you, buddy. His uh, speaking of blank, blink and you'll miss it game of 2022. Once again, I just have to say I appreciate you naming this category after me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great way to honor my legacy. Oh, you'd love to see it. There were a lot of games I could mention here, but I think I'd like to uh, I'd like to plus one all of the great conversation you've already had on previous episodes of the podcast and nominate Tinykin. 3D platformers are, aren't the most common genre in the world, and a lot of them that come out these days tend to be rough around the edges or just a little jank-coated. Not a bad thing. So when a new 3D platformer drops that feels like an evolution of the greats from the N64, PS1, and PS2 era, that's a cause for celebration. From the snappy and flexible motions, or flexible options, to the huge and creative levels, I was floored at just how good Tinykin is. It's the type of game that I think will be studied in game design courses in the future to help train a new generation of level designers. Pure joy all around, and more folks need to check it out. Great choice. Also couldn't agree more. Ryan and I love Tinykin. I think we've talked about it for probably over an hour on At this least, podcast. yeah. Over the past couple episodes. So go back and check out our past couple of shows. Number four here, he says, I'll get to it eventually game of 2022. I'd have to agree with him for his pick here. I think the game I feel worst about check. I'm having trouble reading today, Ryan. It's all right. Me too. I'm going to get through this. All those words I've read out loud. We're going to get through this together, people. I think the game I feel worst about not checking out was Ghostwire Tokyo. I've heard it described as a modern era PS2 hidden gem which is basically exactly what I'm looking for in life. It seems so clever and unique, and it's a shame that other games got in the way. Who knows? Maybe I'll still find time to squeeze it in before the end of the year, but I doubt it. Turns out, great games come out faster than we can play them, you know? Mm -hmm. It's an embarrassment of riches. Truer words, never spoken. For sure. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. I'm hoping to actually sneak this one in before we go to Japan. Okay. To see if any of the areas in the game kind of resonate or stick out when Lauren and I are actually walking the streets of Tokyo. Uh, that'd be cool. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward to getting to that one. Looks great. Very up my alley as well. His prior year game of the year. I finished approximately 120 games this year. So you got it. How are you going to make me pick from all of those bangers? <laughs> I really think my answer to this one would be would change depending on what day you ask me. That said, if I just follow my gut in this exact moment, I'd have to give this one to Finding Paradise. For a long time, I've always pointed to To the Moon as one of my favorite indie games. And for really no good reason at all, despite loving it so much, I never went on to play its sequels. Thankfully, as part of an ongoing review of this whole series over on IndieQuest, be sure to check out that podcast, I was finally able to get around to the game and it was everything I wanted it to be. It has all the elements that make the first one great and continues the story in fascinating and unexpected ways. The game packs the emotional punch you'd expect and does a pretty good job handling relatable themes around morality, legacy, and coming to terms with the life we've we've lived. Really a special game, and if anyone else is out there that stopped after To the Moon, I hope this can nudge them in the right direction. Great pick. I need to get to playing to the moon because i think lauren played that earlier this year and absolutely loved it okay and i have it downloaded on my switch just haven't gotten around to playing it so maybe later this year Mm. is what was i thinking last year award he says i love this category great inclusion i'm a firm believer that it's impossible to know your favorite games until three to five three to five years after 
you've played them. To me, a favorite game is a game that sticks with me, that I think back that I think back on often, and that leaves a lasting mark. Sometimes when you've just finished a game and you're basking in the glow of the credits, you aren't sure if a game will have that kind of an impact on you. So when looking at my last year's list, I feel it was absolutely amiss to not include The Forgotten City. It crept up on me, and I'm still thinking back on that game from time to time, untangling its story and themes. In hindsight, I could absolutely see it bumping off one of the bottom few games on my list from last year. Also, not sure if you wanted it or needed it, but this was my top 10 from last year for context. Well, this will be good. So number 10 was XO1. Is number nine, Shadowverse, Champion's Battle. Number eight, It Takes Two. Good one. Number seven, Operation Tango. Very familiar with that game. Blank, we still need to get the platinum, buddy. <laughs> number six, Metroid Dread. Number five, Psychonauts 2. Number four, Returnal. Nice. Number three, our game of the year, yep. Kena, Bridge of Spirits. Number two, Fantasian. Fantasian. Uh, and number one, Chicory, Colorful Tale, which was on your list On this my year. top 10, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. All righty, here we go. We've come to Blink's 2022 Game of the Year. Now, this is not scientifically tested because I haven't finalized my list yet. I won't know what my list is going to be until I do my game of the year stream at the end of the month, but I can say at this point, the front runner is definitely Tunic. It's the only game that came out this year that I have an art print for hanging up, art print for hanging up my wall. It's easily the game I think about the most, and it's the game I keep recommending to people. I love a game that doesn't reveal its entire hand until you play it. The deeper you get into Tunic, the more layers you peel away and the more interesting, intriguing, and exciting the world becomes. It's also the first and only game I can think of to reimagine the physical manual that's used to come with games that used to come with games in a modern context. It somehow manages to capture that feeling of buying or renting a copy of a game and flipping through the manual in the back seat on the way home, wondering what all those previous players meant when they marked things up in pen, scribbled notes and circled random things on pages. A magical game. Also, like, it's really fun to play. <laughs> Your buddy, Blink. Excellent email. Always outdo yourself, Blink, with these. And really, really appreciate you taking the time to write in. And uh, I can confirm Tunic did end up being his game of the year. And uh, gosh, what an enjoyable game of the year stream it was. If you're not following our pal Blinkum over on Twitch, definitely be sure to check him out. Stray above God of War. Come on, man. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about okay. it. I was going to end on a high note with right, Blink. Yeah. We love you, Blink. <laughs> but, uh, but not including God of War was a little hurtful. Um, but uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, I guess go on to the next email. Yeah, what are you going to do? All right, pulling up the next one here is from our longtime friends from the YouTube days. We've got Combat Kid. First up, Comfort Food Game of 2022. For him, that's Halo Infinite. I play this with a squad of friends regularly. Nice. Man, we got to play Halo Infinite this year. I know we I, do, even if it's like switch the controller. I think that's the way we got to do it. I think we still play on legendary mm -hmm. and you and I just pass the controller. Yeah. That's the way we got to do it. Or I buy an Xbox and we play it on two different. Dude, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> I'm dude, this year, this year might be the year for Xbox. I know we've been saying that for about a decade now, but dude. I hope. I, I want them to have just a year that they freaking hit it out of the park. I'm looking forward to playing Starfield day one. Just 
just for the hype surrounding it, be mm-hmm. a part of that conversation. It's going to be great, dude. We got Redfall coming this year too. Yeah. Um, Phil texted me the other day. He said Banjo Kazooie remake. I think is coming out in August. So I think um, great I times. A, I was CC'd. So great times ahead, man. Great times. Uh, Slapping OST 2022. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Charming orchestral music that just fits with the Kirby universe. I agree. I mean, it's great stuff. That's why I included. Um, I forget the song. It's like the main theme of the game, part of the medley. So mm-hmm. hope you, hopefully you enjoyed that, KBK. Uh, next, Blink and You'll Miss It game of 2022, As Dusk Falls, an adventure game that you make choices in similar to Life is Strange or The Walking Dead with a good story and a unique art style. I do remember the art style being really striking in this one. Uh, we saw it showcased as part of E3 or one of the Xbox showcases. Okay. Uh, I love me. My Life is Strange and Walking Dead telltale type games so uh, i'll have to check that out as well when i renew my game pass sometime uh, probably for for starfield yeah uh, next up i'll get to it eventually game of 2022 elden ring i'm hoping this will be the game that grabs me on giving souls type games another chance now ryan weigh in on this do you think out of all of the souls games someone that's unfamiliar maybe tapped it you know got their toes wet with dark souls many moons ago do you think Elden Ring is the game that's going to really flip a lid for people and they're going to fall in love with the series I guess it depends on what ruined or you didn't like about the other games Mm. so I mean this adds the open world aspect to it so it allows you to it's not as linear as the other games where you have to go through that one boss that one wall that's kind of keeping you from going through the story this one there's like 107 bosses most of them mini ones um, but it allows you to kind of choose your own path. Mm. And it, whether you go to that first boss, the dude on the horse that just wrecks your world, you just come back a few levels later after you've explored, grab some shit and uh, destroy him. Yeah. So I, I think it's more manageable for okay. sure. Okay. And, and I think they did say specifically they made it a more accessible mm-hmm. experience than previously. It's a great pick. I definitely need to get back to Elden Ring. Um, I always go to Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne as the game that kind of tests the waters and see if this is for you type of thing. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think Elden Ring, just the ability to kind of go wherever you want, even if you get to that first boss and get completely effed up and say, yeah, I'm done with this. This is too much. You could literally spend 20 hours before you get there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't fight a boss until I was eight hours in because yeah. I was just running around the map. 20 hours is probably a stretch, but yeah, like eight to 10 probably. I mean... I think originally like how long to beat it was a hundred hours plus Mm -hmm. like on their estimates. But yeah, I mean, you can really quickly level yourself up just by exploring the surrounding areas Mm -hmm. um, with things to upgrade your weapons. You can get there pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Definitely get to Elden Ring and uh, yeah, let us know what you think about it. Come back. Definitely curious to hear if it uh, gets you in the series. Mm -hmm. And if it does, you gotta play Bloodborne. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dark Souls 3 and then Dark Souls 2. And then And then you just gotta keep going. Um, his I'll get to it eventually game of 2022. Oh no, I just, I just said that Elden Ring. Sorry. Um, vision's getting foggy at this point. I, right? I, there's been a lot of words on that screen today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. His prior year game of the year. It takes two, nice. the ultimate two person co-op game. This requires cooperation and communication, which fittingly is what the story of the game is all about. A must play for fans of platformers. Yeah, I need to get around to this one. Mm-hmm. Talk about, um, uh, I'll get to it eventually, games. I, I need to get around to playing that with Lauren uh, or you or really anyone else. Is what was I thinking last year? He says, 
I'd rank Metroid Dread lower, as I didn't like the change in the gameplay where you're running away often. It's different, but not what I want in a Metroid game. So, um, yeah, the other day I posted a picture of four games that I'm hoping to play in 2023, and uh, one of them was Metroid Dread. Yeah, no, I mean, I started Metroid Dread, and I have the same kind of complaint, or not complaint, but... I don't like being chased in games. Yeah. It's just anxiety. I mean, the gameplay is difficult, but just being chased, it, yeah. I want to enjoy games. Yes. No, that's a fair so, criticism. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I do want to play it, though. It looks good. Uh, look, Playing that game on the OLED, like I'm not going to get a Switch OLED, but seeing that game on that screen looks really crispy. Nice. Really crispy. Uh, his 2022 Game of the Year. Live a live. Live a live? Again, I don't really know the pronunciation. I don't think anyone does. This game is a remake of a classic Super Nintendo RPG we never got here in America. The art style is a nice pixel remaster, and it has great music. The premise is unique in that you play multiple different characters over different timelines that eventually come together. Mm. Fans of 16-bit turn-based RPGs should give this one a shot. This also seems right up my alley. Um, again, I'm playing more of a action real-time type of JRPG right now, but I'm itching for a turn-based one, which is why I also have Golden Sun on my list of games to play mm. this year, but uh, more on that next episode. But great pick comeback, uh, great awards all around, um, some really excellent picks here. And and yeah, Live Alive, Live a Live. Looking forward to picking that one up on Switch eventually. It does look really good. All right, Ryan, the next person we have up here is Travis Losey, someone I went to college with. He says, hi, Rusty and Ryan. Attached is my 2022 Game of the Year selections. Sorry for the last minute submission, but life gets busy. No worry, Travis. We gave everyone like three months to send in their emails. (laughs) And uh, you sent this in on Wednesday, December 21st. So you did not send this in last minute. You were one of the first people to send us an email. So it's all good, my friend. He says, my family and I moved this year. And while I'm working remotely, I do have to make the four plus hour round trip into the physical office about once a month. And I love being able to count on listening to you guys for a part of that drive. However, when Ryan starts to talk about RuneScape, I tend to skip forward. Oh, no, he didn't say that. Never mind. (laughs) Keep up the good work. That's a common complaint we get in the emails. (laughs) (laughs) It could probably be a PS. Uh, It's the same with my trophy talk. It's all good. Yeah. I gloss over them during those. We're all friends here. Keep up the good work and keep those long episodes coming in, if only for my sanity on the commute. If you guys are ever interested in meeting up or having guests on your podcast, keep me in mind and have a great holiday. Travis, we're always welcome to having guests on the show. So yes, you're more than welcome to join us on a talk about sometime. Uh, why don't you send me a DM? And I can't remember whereabouts you are in our state. So shoot, shoot me a message. And uh, yeah, I'd love to grab coffee. Luckily, it's not a big state or not too terribly big. So. Yeah, yeah. Even if we meet up at our alma mater and, and grab coffee or, or, or a beer, it'd be good stuff. So let me know and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. But let's get to this Word document that he attached here. I love to see it. His comfort food. Oh my gosh, people. <sighs> I did not pay him to write this. Okay, he did this of his own volition. So thank you so much, Travis. His comfort food game of 2022, people, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Origins. 
Hell yeah. Very nice. I think he was hoping for an extra point in the uh, the raffle at the end if he said Assassin's Creed. You know, I might give him an extra yeah. point just for that. He says, uh, listening to Rusty ranting about Assassin's Creed must have rubbed off on me. I'm glad it freaking rubbed off on someone. <laughs> I decided to give the modern Assassin's Creed game to try and I loved them. Odyssey and Origin were so fun and easy to return to for, for a few hours or days at a time over the year and I never got tired of returning to their worlds. Only putting in a little over 80 hours in each game and not completing Valhalla yet does mean I need to level up my commitment to get on Rusty's level. But keep believing in me and I'll get there. Buddy, you putting Assassin's Creed put you at the top of my list of beliefs uh, for people in 2023. You got this. If you need any tips or tricks, again, shoot me a message and I'll help you out, buddy. But I just love that you gave Assassin's Creed a chance. Yeah. And you enjoyed it as much as you did. I love to hear it. And uh, hopefully... People start drinking my Kool-Aid, okay? <laughs> Travis is someone Join else. the cult of Assassin's Creed. Please. Rusty's the leader. Pop those games in. They're dirt cheap now. Slap an OST of 2022. God of War Ragnarok. Probably mm. the hardest category to answer this year. Bear McCreary delivered in an amazing masterpiece that is now part of my regular music rotation. Nice. A great soundtrack that makes me feel such a variety of emotions even when not playing the game. Now, this is a great pick. And... You know, shout out to Bear McCreary, shout out to the soundtrack for God of War. I know this won um, best original score, best soundtrack at the Game Awards. And you and I talked about this quite a bit. I know other people have talked about it as well, that the soundtrack to God of War Ragnarok was not memorable for people. And for me, I can't really recall like a certain song that played at a particular moment in the game outside of the song that played during the credits. Yeah. But I will say when I was putting together the medley and I was going through and fast forwarding and trying to find a song that was fitting for the medley. A lot of this music slaps. It does. Yeah. I mean, I generally don't hear it. And for this type of game where you're in combat or you're going through some of those emotional bits to get those payoffs, I I think the music did a really good job of immersing you into that world. Yeah. So definitely go back, listen to some of that soundtrack, whether you're working or running a freaking marathon yeah. because some of those songs get pretty intense. Um, pretty great soundtrack all around. Yeah, for sure. So uh, his blink and you'll miss a game of 2022. I'll oh, love the pick here. Lego star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Nice. I'm a sucker and a little biased with a love for Lego games, but it felt like this game came out and people said it was good and moved on. Meanwhile, I played this game for a stupid number of hours and I loved every minute of it. A big part of this was the level replayability and my love for Star Wars in general. Uh, love the pick here, Travis. I picked this game up for Lauren for Christmas, and uh, we've yet to put it in, but I feel like this is a game we'll definitely be dipping our toes into over the course of the year, and just a great game to keep going back to, trying to get more studs, trying to max out all your collectibles in each level. Just co-op perfection. Yeah. So, great pick. His I'll get to it eventually game of 2022 Fire Emblem Warriors Three Houses. Mm. I love the Fire Emblem and the Warriors games. Uh, So a combined game got me really excited like last year's Hyrule Warriors did. However, this game came out at a bad time with work and sickness at home. So I picked it up, played the tutorial level, and then got distracted with life, and it's now part of the backlog. Just waiting for a moment when I have some time to truly dive into the game. I haven't really gotten into those Musou-type games where you're kind of just mowing down waves and waves of enemies. Yeah. Um, I feel like Dragon Quest Heroes, which is basically Dynasty Warriors with a Dragon Quest skin, yeah. would be one of those types of games that I get into. Or Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, the Zelda one. The Zelda one. 
Um, but yeah, I'm glad that you picked it up. And I've heard pretty good things of the Fire Emblem Warriors um, Muso type. So definitely a game to look forward to there, Travis. His prior year game of the year, Spider-Man 2018 and Miles Morales. Great choices. Excellent picks. Maybe a couple of years late to the party with this one, but better late than never. Not much I can add to this game that hasn't already been said, but phenomenal story, amazing soundtrack, and great gameplay made for tons of hours of fun, running around New York, finding collectibles, and beating up the bad guys. By far the best game from my backlog that I completed in 2022. I mean, Ryan and I are some of Spider-Man's biggest fans. Yeah, I went through both of them this year, yeah. So and platinumed one of them. And Rusty's going to finish the platinum on the other for me. So. I will. I'll get that 100 combo for you. Um, if anyone needs help, listen, I'm happy <laughs> to, you know, just download a cloud save for you and and pop some trophies for you. Yeah, he's um, wrapping up his 100 uh, platinums this year, but then he's going to form Rusty's platinum business <laughs> and just farm out his time. $10 a platinum. Dude, I've been thinking how I can enter the gig economy, and I just yeah. don't think Uber's for me. Yeah, like a half a Bitcoin per platinum. Yeah. <laughs> just your crypto up. Listen, we'll figure out a way to compensate me for my trophy services, but I'm ready to go. All right. I, I think you could. Yeah. Side hustle. That's right. That's right. You got to find. going to be pissed. <laughs> You got to find a way to make money during these trying times. Yeah, really. Um, what a better way than to, you know, farm out trophy businesses. It's a smart. Yeah. I think it's a good business model. <laughs> Go to Shark Tank. <laughs> What's your idea? Dude. <laughs> yeah. Mark Cuban would totally finance that idea. Yeah. Anyways, Travis, getting back to his list. I'm so sorry. What was I thinking last year? He says, wouldn't change anything. Although my I'll get to it eventually game of 2021 remains on my backlog unplayed mm. and he didn't include that in the email so we'll have to go back and pull that email to figure out what it was his 2022 game of the year pokemon legends arceus okay so maybe this isn't the most groundbreaking visual visually or narrative story game of 2022 however this was the first game our first pokemon game i got my wife interested in and play for play with me watching her fall in love with pokemon Running around, completing the Pokédex, and getting to invest in her team's stats and type coverage reminded me of my first time playing any Pokémon game back on Pokémon Yellow. The memories of fun I made with her playing this game definitely made it my top game of the year, and she's just as excited as me to play Scarlet and Violet over our winter break. I love that. Yeah, that's that, awesome. That is so good. I mean, whether it's your significant other, a good friend of yours, a child, a parent... When you're able to relive or re-experience a game or even a television show or movie for that matter um, and kind of live vicariously through that friend or parent or partner of yours, dude, it's great. The best of times, especially when it comes to something that has so like it's nostalgic hooks in you, like for me, Kingdom Hearts or Pokemon for Travis or Pokemon for me that for that matter, right? Just like seeing the look on their faces when they get to choose their first Pokemon or catch their first Pokemon. Or like going through loss for the first time. You were there for some of my experience with yeah, that. Yeah, dude. You can't beat it. So love the pick, Travis. I need to get back to Pokemon Legends here soon. It's such a cozy game. Yeah. Um, say what you will about the graphics and the world or the open world and stuff like that. But um, I really like the soundtrack. Very conducive for late night, end of the day type playing to kind of de-stress. So um, love the pick. I need to get back to Pokemon Legends myself. And uh, happy it made your game of the year. Very good stuff. 
Next up, we have Josh Prep, good friend of the show, been listening to the podcast for a while. Greetings and happy 2022 Otaku Bros. It's uh, it's 2023, Josh. Um, just <laughs> FYI. I'm just kidding. He says, it's the most coveted and draining time of the year. Share our favorite games of the year. I'm especially looking forward to hearing yours and the rest of the community's favorites in each topic. And I hope what I'm able to provide is just as good or perhaps provides a new perspective or interest in some of the games I have to mention. He certainly has quite the email here. We love to see it. Uh, I'm not sure if my vocal cords do, but we'll get around <laughs> to reading it. To make things easier compared to last year, I made the painful decision to limit my nominees to four per category. <laughs> <laughs> Is this painful for you or for me, Josh? I, I'm really trying That's hard to, to understand who this is actually painful for. Uh, while there were will only be one winner, there are plenty of games we have exper- experienced through the year that deserve some credit that ultimately lead to a particular favorite, and I hope the inclusion of other nom- nominees helps to exemplify that and exhaust Rusty. No, he didn't include that last bit in there. Award number one, Comfort Food Game of 2022. The game that brought you a sense of peace that you could continually retreat to and enjoy. The nominees are... Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, mm. Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Pokemon Legends, Arceus, and Wordle. And the Otaku Award goes to, drumroll please, Wordle. From the beginning of this year, people across the internet shared their collection of green and yellow squares in order to guess the word of the day. While interest among the majority has died down, I have stuck by playing the game every day to share my results with my friends. Even if I stop playing the game in the future, I cannot deny the fun I had using different strategies to solve each word. Sometimes I would write down on a post-it note as my progress to come back to um as as my I would progress to come back to later, or I would use a particular word every day to whittle down the usual suspects. There have been times when I would be on my last guess and my stress levels would be at a maximum, but it would give me the satisfying itch to solve my puzzle for the day. Due to Wordle's popularity, there have been plenty of clones that surfaced, but none have equated to the sheer simplicity and fun you can have with Wordle. Love the choice. I, You know, of all the people that I've seen building Game of the Year lists, talking about games as we kind of figure out, you know, what your favorite games of the year were, very few people were talking about Wordle. Uh, a select few were, but I love that he included it. No, it's a good choice. Because it definitely took the internet by storm. It was kind of the the Pokemon Go of the year, mm-hmm. if you will, will, where even people that don't like video games were playing this every single day. Yeah, mom was texting me her wordles. Yeah, parents, grandparents, whoever uh, was playing this. So good stuff. His slap and OST of 2022, the best soundtrack. The nominees are Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Live a Live, and Ukulele in The Impossible Lair. Again, I did not pay him for this. He did include <laughs> it uh, of his own choosing. And the Otaku Award goes to Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. All right. Shout out to David Wise <laughs> for composing a freaking slap in OST, which actually, funny little thing here. Grant Kirkhope, David Wise, both came back for this one. They helped on the original Ukulele game as well. But it was actually a few kind of understudies and up and coming video game composers mm. that composed most of the soundtrack or majority of Impossible Lair that I think 
we're just tremendous fans of David Wise and Grant Kirkhope. So they've obviously played the Banjo-Kazooies and Donkey Kong countries of the world. And they really kind of got the keys to the kingdom here, if you will, um, and were responsible for composing the most of the game. Very cool. So, uh, and you couldn't tell the difference between some of the tunes that Wise composed versus some of the others. So um, just a slap in OST all around. So great pick. He said, it should be no surprise to Rusty that this game made it as one of the nominees. When I started the game, I figured it would be a serviceable enough soundtrack as I played a nice, uh, as I played a nice pickup and play game while traveling. When the title music started, however, I knew I was in for a treat. Grant Kirkhope and David Wise feel like they are back in their element with this iteration. Not only does it make the platformer more of a fun experience from beginning to end, but the composers really lean into using sound effects. And sound effects you would expect to hear in the level as musical motifs. Are you wondering what could possibly make this better? I'm so glad you asked, Ryan. <laughs> Do you ever think to yourself when playing a track to a level and wonder if given a chance, would the composers have made a slightly different version of the track they already made? Well, the good news is that Impossible Layer does that tenfold ten- thanks to the clever concept of reusing levels with different effects and level designs you can hear reinterpreted tracks from familiar levels with a slight slow light slight twist is what he was going for there <laughs> i just messed up the pronunciation that still make it wonderfully original on its own i hope to dive into the first ukulele in the near future after experiencing this soundtrack but in the meantime this wonderful ost was a great treat for my ears during and after my playthrough of the game. Buddy, I just can't wait <laughs> until your prior year game of the year next year, or here in 2023, is ukulele, and your slapping OST of 2023 is also ukulele. Go back and play that. I think you're going to like it. His Blink and You'll Miss It game of 2022, The Hidden Gem, as an, or an under-the-radar game most people overlooked, the nominees are Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, Chicory, a colorful tale live a live and then um a two-for-one special here he has toem which was on my game yeah. on your list and umorangi generation that screams uh visual novel on the vita but i'm not really sure and the otaku award goes to toem and umorangi generation it's rare that two games get attention as a hidden gem but allow me to explain as he write proceeds to write three and a half million <laughs> paragraphs both games have similar styles of gameplay involving photography. Toem, on one hand, approaches this, but just simply allows you as a player to explore the world when you have so much to discover. Each mis- mission lets you explore the city, learn about its culture, and help people in their everyday life, providing you a sense of fulfillment on your adventure. Um, we're just going to call this UG, because I don't want to keep butchering the pronunciation. Yeah, no, that's good. UG, on the other hand, takes a different approach with its missions. While the focus of each mission is similar by taking a picture in each of its levels, the theme is not making memories. Instead, it serves as a way to document what the world inhabited um, is currently experiencing. From the beginning, you see the world slowly fall apart to what could very well be the end of the world. As you're documenting this for an unnamed newspaper publisher, you see how the people regularly interact with and sometimes see on occasion change over time. What can start as a simple hangout with friends can eventually lead to trying to recover from a monster attack as you take a subway to what you hope will be a safe haven for those that made it out alive. 
Because of how similar they are gameplay-wise and how little they were talked about, it was challenging for me to consider them as separate entries. I feel like either one will leave you with satisfaction, or the satisfaction you're looking for, with the photo-hunting type games, but definitely look into the style of the games before settling on one of them. With one of them, you have um, get an or you get an achievement for taking photos of all the developers' pets, which is Tome, and another one gives you the option to take photos with a Game Boy camera. That's pretty sweet. I personally recommend both, especially since they are uniquely different or have uniquely different art directions, but I'm also pretty biased due to my love of photography. Um, great stuff. Love the choice, Josh. And uh, I might have to check out that Umurangi generation one more mm, time. I'll yeah, butcher that. Interesting. Um, but yeah, great picks. Next up is I'll get to it eventually game of 2022. The nominees are Axiom Verge, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition, mm-hmm. The Last Guardian, World of Final Fantasy. Those last two are games I really want to get around to playing. The Otaku Award goes to Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. Good choice. This game has sat on my shel- shelf since I bought my PS4 on Black Friday back in 2018. Since then, it's always come up as a game I wanted to tackle this year and the following year. Despite how many times I tell myself I want to play it, I still have not been able to do the simple task of booting it up. I hear a lot of wonderful things about it, and now that this sequel has been released this year, it has made the shame weigh more heavily on me. Hopefully by this time next year, you will see Horizon Zero Dawn and my prior year Game of the Year nominees after many years of hesitation. I mean, it'll be a toss-up between this and ukulele there, Josh, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see what happens in about 12 months from now. His prior year, Game of the Year, any game released prior to 2022, again, that you consider a favorite. The nominees are 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling. Man, I hope this game gets an award sometime. It's been nominated for the past four categories, I think. <laughs> Metroid Dread and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. And the Otaku Award goes to, drumroll, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling. Here we go. 2022 was the year I had a goal to really focus on my backlog. Over 2020 and 2021, I purchased a lot of games as my way of helping me through grad school and being trapped at home during the pandemic. Mm. As I continued to purchase more games, however, the greater my backlog continued to consume the back of my mind as something I needed to focus on. I'm proud to say that I have finished 26 games that were part of the said backlog this year. While there's plenty more to go in the never-ending cycle, I feel proud of what I've been able to accomplish. Of all the backlog games I finished, Metroid Dread may have been hanging overhead like an Emmy robot to to pick it due to the return of the dormant franchise and its advancement in storytelling and gameplay, but I personally have to go with Bug Fables. Bug Fables was a perfect game to play in spring and summer of 2022 as we all felt the need to go back outside and explore as we recovered from the pandemic. Bug Bug Fables brings a clever twist to the idea of small characters in a big world by having the characters hang out in a world that we may just see as someone else's backyard. My adventures with the cast brought back the wonderful memories Minish Cap gave me many years before, and each of the main characters had a fantastic overarching backstory that really made me want to just keep sinking my teeth into this RPG. Various side quests let me see the personalities of characters help define them individually, but also help define the world I explored. I cannot begin to tell you how involved I was in the trading card mechanic. Paper, Mar- Paper Mario may have moved from its traditional roots. Um, Bug Fables serve as a reminder that those roots can grow 
and expand our newer forms of life that we can appreciate. Yeah, this one looked like a fun one. Now, I know you haven't played any of the Paper Mario games, but a couple episodes back, you said that you bought Paper Mario on Switch. Did that ever arrive? I did. Yeah, it did. Did? Yeah. Did you ever play it at all? Not yet. Okay, okay. Yeah, Bug Fables, um, I have personally not played any of the Paper Mario games. I've always wanted to play Thousand Year Door, so maybe if that ever gets uh, a little fresh remaster for Switch, uh, that would be great. Otherwise, I might have to play Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, because I've heard a lot of people, mm-hmm. I know our buddy Zach Archer, um, played that and is a big fan of it as well. So so good stuff there. His uh, 2022 Game of the Year. The nominees are Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Live a Live, and Metroid Dread. And the Otaku Award goes to Game of the Year for Josh Prep, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. As I mentioned earlier, during 2020 and 2021, I worked on my master's degree, and upon graduation, there is the feeling of great expectation holding over you. Even if people don't say it to you, there's an expectation that you constantly need to provide high standards. Chicory helps you as you, as a player, attain a dream of a character that builds similar high expectations for it. From the beginning, you're expected to fix the world as it once was before. But as you play through the game, and uh, as you play through the game, you learn you can never truly copy someone else's style. You'll paint and color the world as you see it, and you can still help people to the best of your ability. ability. One major lesson I learned from my master's program is that you never truly become the best at one particular thing. You'll always find ways to improve yourself, and I feel like Chicory handles that concept masterfully. You don't just learn this from the perspective of the dog you control, but with Chicory, which the overarching plot is based. I especially appreciated how how they utilize Chicory as a means of sharing even the ones that take on the role of a mentor figure for you can also experience the anxiety of heavy expectations. Aside from its message, I would sometimes just explore the world uh, of dinners, collecting all the trash, searching for lost kittens, and finding ways to make the world just a better place for everyone. I cannot recommend this game enough. It's not only one of the ga- one of the few games I 100%ed this year, but it's a game I can look back and smile about the experience I had and when I get to play it again. Happy holidays, and here's to another wonderful year of gaming. Josh Prep. I love the pick for Chicory because one, it was on your game of the year list. Yep. I know you loved it. I know Lauren actually loved it as well earlier this year. And uh, I think it's free as part of the PlayStation Plus service, the game okay. catalog. Yeah. So I do want to get around to playing this maybe later this year as well. Um, excellent pick. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Yeah, really good articulation of our Chicory for sure. All the themes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Next, we have our buddy Sean. Um, not the one we had a couple episodes back. Sean is also someone I worked with with a prior employer and uh, had a lot of great discussions. Miss you, Sean. Hope all is well, my friends. But he says, hey, Otaku Brothers, I'm squeezing my game selections in for the community game of the year. Better late than never, right? You still have plenty of, the, plenty of time, my friend. I mean, we're, um, you know, four weeks after I think we probably <laughs> promised this episode. So candidly, I haven't played a ton of games that released in 2022. So, not sure if most of my submissions are even valid, as most of them are games released prior to 2022, but here are my choices. Sean, your list is what you make it. As long as you had fun putting it together, I don't care if you have Atari 2600 games on this list, <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be, um, as long as you had fun doing it, my friend. His comfort food game of 2022, Super Meat Boy. Oh. I played this game in 2010. 
I mainly got into it a few years later in 2013 when I beat all of the light world levels, but put it down for a while. However, I've recently picked it back up. It's kind of like riding a bike and I'm starting to chip away at all the levels I never beat. I've set a newer goal for myself to get the Golden God achievement, which is 100% the game. I may shave a few years off my life in doing so, <laughs> but the mix of stress and dopamine release that I got from this game is just perfectly in balance. This is by far one of the hardest games I've ever played, but the feeling of finally getting past a brutal level or finally collecting a bandage after countless deaths is unparalleled. Well, I would ask you, Sean, have you ever played Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3? <laughs> Same rush. Definitely would consider checking out those games. But uh, Super Meat Boy, I know our pal Blink will be very pleased with that choice. It's one of his favorite games ever. Slappin OST of 2022, Wingspan. Mm. This game was released in 2019 as a board game in 2020 as a video game. I bought the board game for my wife last Christmas because she loves birds and I had a few friends recommend it. I already loved the board game, but saw that there was a video game version, which I picked up on Steam. I had no idea about the video game version's original soundtrack until playing the PC version. This game's art style and soundtrack mesh incredibly well and are perfect for any time you are looking to kick back and relax. The wintertime is a great time to play this game, especially on a cold and snowy day where all you do is stay inside. The music is peaceful and fits the mood of the game perfectly. It's also great background music. If you need to focus, I often put it on throughout my work days. I am absolutely going to look this up. I did not include it in the medley just because I got this email in. And this email came through after I'd wrapped up editing the medley. But all of the words you use to describe it definitely sound complimentary to a work playlist mm -hmm. type music. So I'll have to check it out. Wingspan, everyone. All right. His Blink and You'll Miss It game of 2022 I truly don't have a great answer for this, as I haven't played anything that released in 2022 that I would fit into this category. However, many of the N64 classics have been released on the N64 emulator for the Switch, and that have uh, and they have continued to add different games throughout the year. I've sunk some time into Banjo-Kazooie, Mario Golf, and Mario Party 1 and 2, which were some of my favorite games growing up. Excellent tunes. Mario Golf on the 64 in particular, <clears throat> just good freaking tunes man definitely oh these are his blinking you'll miss it games i was still i had music on the mind but um you know what yeah music <laughs> blinking you'll miss it all the above it's just all good stuff his bonus answer i heard blink talking about snake pass on a somewhat recent episode which came out in 2017 but i picked up that uh, i picked up and beat that game about a month ago based on blink's recommendation I'd say that game falls into this category for me because without Blink, I would have missed it. <laughs> you love to see that. Take the cat category literally. Very nice. literally. That's fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, Snake Pass is definitely my backlog. I'm hoping to get around to that at some point. Um, and I would have loved to have snuck that into my 100 Platinums, but that would be just a brutal list of trophies to get through. But anyways, we continue on with the email. I'll get to it eventually game of 2022 for Sean. Elden Ring. Nice. Technically, I haven't purchased this game, though I might very soon as it's 30% off on Steam for the winter sale as I write this. I'm a little intimidated by it, mainly because I haven't really gotten into the Soulsborne games and because of the amount of time I anticipate sinking into it. It's definitely on my list and many of my friends have given it nothing but high praise, perhaps in 2023. Well, if you need tips, our boy Ryan 
and help you out. a few hours. Just, you know, slip into his DMs and I'm sure he can kind of help you out with the strats. His prior year game of the year, Death Stranding. Mm. This game is weird as hell, but I love it. This was another game that, similar to Elden Ring, I was a little intimidated by, mainly because of what I was hearing in reviews and word of mouth. I'll admit that the first five to ten hours of gameplay had me questioning whether I wanted to keep playing. But once I passed the 10-hour mark, I was totally hooked. (laughs) I don't claim to understand the story fully, but the storytelling in this game is amazing. Graphically, it's stunning, and I often found myself just wanting to explore the different landscapes and terrain. To call this game a walking simulator is a bit short-sighted in my opinion. This was the first AAA game that I have been this hooked by in probably a decade. Big props to Kojima and team on this one. I was stoked when I saw the DS2 trailer just a couple of weeks back, and I will definitely be picking that up when it comes out. Did not include a what was I thinking last year uh, award. It's all good. And his 2022 game of the year, Death Stranding. For all the reasons above, Death Stranding is my choice by a long shot. I will likely pick up the director's cut upgrade for PC version to maximize my remaining experience with the game, but I cannot say enough things about it. Highly recommend it. And if you don't get into it right away, put it down for a bit and pick it up later. It's worth it. Excellent choice. Death Stranding is definitely on my list of beefier boys to play alongside something that I can kind of get or play in short bursts like mm-hmm. a Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Yeah. I started it, the base version. I got to about the 10 hour mark and that's when I was like, I need to take a break from this. Mm -hmm. So I just need to get over that hump. And I feel like this would really scratch an itch. I never knew I needed to scratch, but I feel like that's what most Kojima games are like. Yeah. The story's nuts. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You okay over there? I am. Okay. You seem like you're dozing off a little bit. No, I'm, I'm still caffeinated. I'm still caffeinated. Okay. Still hanging in there. Uh, But Sean ends his email with can't wait to hear the episode. Merry Christmas and happy new year to you guys. Thanks for writing in, Sean. Excellent picks. Very well-rounded, if I do say so myself. Next up, we've got Nick Knack, good friend of the show, known him for many years. He says, Hello, good sirs. It's been a while, and thanks for extending the deadline. Let me just say that it feels good coming back and catching up after not being able to, able to because of work. With that out of the way, here are my choices for each one of the awards, and happy holidays to you and the listeners. Thank you. Comfort Food Game of 2022, Pokemon Legends Arceus. This game is just surprisingly relaxing to play, with just going around, battling Pokemon, raising the team, and completing the Pokedex without having to deal with all the puzzles and random battles of previous games. It's also great while putting a video in the background while playing. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be probably my next um, end-of-day game to kind of come down on if I'm still chipping away at ff12 or maybe a move on to something like death stranding or uh, hogwarts legacy yeah you know coming out right around the corner so um love the pick here slapping ost of 2022 for nick midnight fight express hmm never heard of this one yeah me neither because my gut tells me someone's going to put tunic on this category i decided to show some love for the soundtrack of this indie title right here what makes this soundtrack memorable is it just being a crazy array of techno and dubs- dubstep that fits while fighting hordes and hordes of criminals. Definitely is a nice adrenaline rush. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, I need to do wise. some homework here. <laughs> yeah. Wingspan and Midnight Fight Express. You need to check out those soundtracks. His Blink and You'll Miss a Game of 2022, This Way Madness Lies. 
Sounds like a book by Ray Bradbury. <laughs> uh, but an indie game inspired by JRPGs. This game's concept is very interesting as it consists of being part Sailor Moon and part Shakespeare as you play as a group of high school, high school girls, uh-oh, calling all weebs, <laughs> going inside the worlds of various Shakespeare plays like Romeo and Juliet and Twelfth Night and fighting monsters in them with turn-based combat. Mm. A surprisingly good game that I hope others get to experience if it does go on other systems like the developer's previous games. This also screams PlayStation Vita for me, but it sounds like this is probably like a Steam Switch type of game. Yeah. This way madness lies. I'm interested. Definitely piques my curiosity there. Um, I'll get to it eventually game of 2022 for Nick. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Out of the 2022 titles that I've bought, this is one of my biggest, uh, this is my biggest shame as I'm hearing so many good things about it. Unfortunately, is uh, unplayed because of both Arceus taking up my time and not playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 yet. And I feel the same way. I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles 2, uh, pumped a couple hours into it, but I feel like I have to scratch that game off the backlog before I start 3. Yeah, that's another beefy boy to add to your list. Yeah, a lot of a lot of JRPGs to complete and tackle in 2023. This is the year for it, people. We're going to get there. Prior year game of the year for Nick, Grim Fandango Remastered, a game I was intrigued with a long time ago because of its style. I picked it up for cheap around 2017, 2018, and I finally played it this year. I gotta say, it delivered because I loved mostly everything about it. A beautiful and unique presentation, memorable characters and moments, and an interesting story inspired by noir films just put this game as one of my all-time favorites. I do wish the gameplay wasn't a, a pain though. And I think this is one of those classic PC games. I want to say this was Sierra. Um, I can't remember, but definitely one of those cult classics. So mm. Grim Fandango, fun pick there. And his 2022 game of the year, drum roll please, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. TMNT Turtles in Time is considered my favorite beat-em-up. So hearing about this got me excited since Dotemu's last published game, Streets of Rage 4, was great. After getting it and playing it, man, do I love this title. The gameplay is a nice beat-em-up with tons of depth. The presentation is great with its cartoony art style and varying soundtrack, and it's full of fan service with references from the Turtles in Time and the cartoon. May not be in the list of most people, but man, it's a mad fun game that deserves the praise and sales it got. Excellent stuff. I've only listened to the soundtrack and I actually recently picked up the Kawabunga collection mm. on PS4. So I'm looking forward to get down with the, the Ninja Turtles here pretty soon. But excellent list. Thank you for writing in, Nick. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for just listening to the show. Appreciate you, buddy. Devil May Pie out here. I'm sure we got all kinds of weeb going on in this email. <laughs> Speaking of high school girls. That's right. <laughs> Hello, Rusty and Ryan. I know you got lots to read through, so I'll keep it a bit brief. His comfort food game of 2022, eFootball and FIFA 23. Soccer games are my forever comfort games, and I never get tired of playing. Similar to Rusty and his Assassin's Creed. You'd love to see it. Slapping OST of 2022, Horizon Forbidden West. Super underrated, but a kick-ass score that complements the game so well with, with its variety of mix um, with its variety mix of tribal fight themes and more sci-fi synth married together that just works. Splink and you'll miss a game, Triangle Strategy. You oh. think you'll give this game another try? I know you tried the demo. 
Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably before Octopath 2 comes out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. His I'll get to it eventually game of 2022, Tunic. Too many great, um, uh, he says too many, too much great word of mouth here. Uh, I gotta get to this one. And you do. I think you'll like this one, DMP. His prior year game of the year, shockingly, my first time ever finishing the classic Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition stands above the rest. And you're not alone here, DMP, because um, funny enough, right, the, the story goes, Rusty got to chapter, I think, 13 in Xenoblade Chronicles, got to a tough boss, said, screw this, this is too hard, I, I'm never going to complete this game, considered it beat back in 2020. Then when I went on vacation earlier this year, I'm like, you know what, let's just see if I can go grind out, find a good place to farm some XP. Did that and beat the game and rolled credits in an hour and a half. So <laughs> so close. I also finished Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition this year. It is absolutely a classic. And talk about newcomer-friendly JRPGs. If you've been wanting to kind of dip your toes in the JRPG scene, looking for a cozy game to play over the course of the year, farm XP, excellent music, pick up Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition on the Switch. I think you'll really like it. No money back guarantees here, but I'm just saying. <laughs> what was I thinking last year? He says, I was pretty down on Deathloop last year, despite not playing it. Well, I finally did in 2022, and I was wrong. It's actually w- way worse than I thought. I can't stand that game. <laughs> oh, you love to see it. He says, it's actually way worse than I thought. I can't stand that game. Laugh my ass off. Well, you can't like him all, Ryan. Yeah, that's surprising. I do it looked try. fun. I do want to try Deathloop. It's free yeah. as part of the game catalog for PlayStation Plus. Um, and I like my kind of Bethesda shooters. I like my, you know, Wolfenstein, Dishonored type stuff. So I do want to check out Deathloop. His 2022 game of the year. All right. I'm sorry. I have to do this like last year, but I'm still deciding till the very last minute. And it won't be decided till I do my own game awards. I will say that it's only between four games. Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. This is the first year I ever gave not only one, not two, but three games a 10 out of 10 in one calendar year. The other title comes close at 9.5, so for that, 2022 will go down as a very strong year for gaming, and I have my work cut out for me, picking just one true goatee. Thank you guys for bringing us another great year of awesome Otaku Brothers content, and hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas and a great holiday season going in to the new year. Cheers, Danny, aka Devil May Pie. Wonderful email. Yeah, thanks. Thanks man. for writing in DMP. And a shout out to him and his YouTube channel. He's doing some excellent things out there. <laughs> there is no one on the planet that puts together a goatee YouTube video like DMP. They're nearly hilarious. An, nearly an hour long. I was literally laughing out loud. Um, some tears were shed. It's just such a treat to watch. Should go check out Devil May Pie over there on YouTube. He's doing great things. Next up, got two email, two more emails left, and they're doozies, my friends. So I hope you're not too tired. Trust me, I could do this <laughs> all day. Sweating over there. <laughs> I wonder. Speaking of the gig economy, does is Audible? Do they hire people? Can I come in and just like read books for a living? Okay, Chronolink nine one. You know he likes to write novels. We always appreciate it. And uh, he did not shy away from that this year. He starts off the email saying, I'm probably too late to get this in on time, but let me be the likely last to say congratulations to having a wonderful 2022 for the podcast, gentlemen. 
It's been a delight to continue listening in on all you have going on and maybe offering as a correction or two along the way <laughs> as you game and entertain through the yet another year. Crazy how the time has flown by. Zach and I have loved having you both on in a variety of content on Tarker on this year. And we look forward to doing the same. Um, we look forward to doing more and more of that as the years continue. Maybe someday we can convince Rusty to put down or put more time into Switch games instead of trophy hunting and Ryan to put RuneScape down and put more time into real RPGs <laughs> like Persona 5, which was only going to get better from where you got to. I know. I Trust JRPGs me, are hard for I, me. I have my own personal goals for Ryan as part of the next episode, so look forward to that, Chrono, and look forward to that, Ryan. Hey, I'm starting off strong with Bioshock, so you can't be too down on me, but I'll get to the real RPG sooner or later. Yeah, but I don't know if you put RuneScape down much this year. I, I see you on Discord. I see you on the Discord. Pro- okay, so I, I, I preface this every single freaking time. If it, the application is just hidden or minimized, it still shows up in Discord as me playing RuneLite. Yeah, but when you click on your name and it says you're chopping trees in Loomvale, for like 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that doesn't mean you're at the menu screen. That means you're chopping trees in Loomvale. Touche. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trust me. I do my homework. <laughs> I do my homework. All right. Let's get to Chrono's email here. Anyway, without further ado, here are my picks for all the categories. Comfort food game of 2022. We saw it on a couple of people's lists. Marvel Snap. This has consistently been a staple of my latter half of the year. Popping it on and playing it a few times a week when I have downtime. Super well designed, easy to pick up and play a few matches in between other things. Maybe with our new phones, we'll have to play that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really into card games either, but I feel like if it's easy to pick up. Yeah, if it's like two to four minute games. Yeah. yeah. Why not give it a try? Slap an OST of 2022. I haven't spent loads of time with 2022 releases, but a soundtrack I've heard a bit from that not a lot of people talked about was Triangle Strategy. Composed by Akira Senju, the OST has very strong Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood vibes, echoing his earlier work in that masterpiece of an anime. Honorable mentions go to Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster, which has beyond stellar versions of that stupendous soundtrack, and Destiny 2 The Witch King also gets a soundtrack. I did include a Triangle Strategy song towards the end of the medley, and that was before Chrono sent an email just because... I love to give JRPGs their due attention, especially when it comes to music. And uh, yeah, I listened to quite a bit of the soundtrack um, trying to find a song that fit in at that particular part of the medley. And uh, yeah, Chrono, great music, great tunes. Um, excellent pick for Slapping OST. His Blink and You'll Miss a Game of 2022, Stranger of Paradise. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is Final Fantasy Origins, also mm-hmm. known as the Chaos Game. <laughs> Stranger of Paradise got a little lost in the shuffle this year, even by me. But I've heard pretty good things about its overall quality, despite its memeable status from all the trailers. Using My Way by Sinatra in the marketing is beyond awesome, though. And I've heard it shows up in the game, too. Yeah, actually, Chrono, if you play like the opening 30 minutes, there's a tutorial level. Not to spoil too much, but I'm going to spoil it for you. You're walking through the meadows of all of this like corn. And that's where this, excuse me, Frank Sinatra song plays. And that's where you learn like the finer mechanics of combat and all that kind of stuff. To a Frank Sinatra song. To a Frank Sinatra song. <laughs> nice. Like, come on now. Why was that not in any game of the year categories at the Game Awards? So good. Uh, anyways, his I'll get to it eventually game of 2022. What can I not include here? Stranger of Paradise, God of War Ragnarok, Elden Ring, and many others. Been a bad year for a variety. I wonder if he means that 
based on the games that he played. Because I feel like over, over the course of the year, there's a significant amount of variety. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, lots of games to get to. Yeah, those are juggernaut games. Um, I'm with you, Chrono. I have plenty of my back, plenty of my backlog to hopefully tackle here in 2023. But his prior year game of the year, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Been making my way through this series with my pal Dubs on screen share, and it has been an extremely satisfying journey. RE2 was a masterpiece in about every way, and I haven't even completed a second playthrough yet. Uh, yeah, excellent game, Chrono. I played this a year or two ago as well, and um, yeah, graphically freaking phenomenal, and just a terrific remake. Cannot wait to play Resident Evil 4 remake later this year. It's going to be good stuff. What was I thinking last year? Honestly, got nothing here. But I played Balan Wonderworld this past January and February, and it was honestly way more fun than literally anyone gave it credit for. Mm. You must have missed the the many episodes and Twitch streams when my pal Blink and I talked pretty highly of Balan Wonderworld. I think we now have a fourth fan in the world. It now sits at <laughs> Pete Door at the top. Then uh, Blink and I are probably tied for two and three, and Chrono coming in at fourth place here. <laughs> Supporting our pal Yuji Naka, who I think actually might be behind bars for insider trading, but we digress. He continues and goes on here. The music was fantastic. The gameplay, while very simplistic, was fun. And it was cute. Sweet adventure. If I was a little kid and played this, I would have adored it. Related, I think Yuji Naka needs to be the one to read the title of this award, though. In case you missed it, he was arrested twice and now in indicted on insider trading theme or scheme. He was part of a working at Square Enix. So as if Balan Wonderworld was not already an unhappy ending for him. Now he's arrested for insider trading. So Sonic Adventure 3 went, right? <laughs> um, your game of the year. He says Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Easily, as it was one of the only releases I played this year. This game was a delight to 100%. A joyous romp from beginning to end. I spread the love for this game when I went to my friend's uh, Josh's wedding this year and playing it at the house uh, we were renting convinced several people to pick it up. It has some killer tunes too, some genuinely challenging moments, particularly in the end game and a really fun, vibrant vibe. I look forward to more Kirby games in this vein in the future. I couldn't agree more. If people's main criticism for Kirby games in the past was it's too kid friendly, it's not hard enough. Some of those later game boss battles, pretty freaking challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Kirby in the Forgotten Land is an absolute delight to play. And uh, glad it was your game of the year, Chrono. Great pick. Fantastic email. As always, you don't disappoint. Last, but certainly not least, we have an email from your sister, my wife, Lauren, also known on the interwebs in some spaces as Gizmo. She says, 2022 was a crazy year for Rusty and I, which means that gaming was a much needed outlet throughout the year for us. The challenges we faced drove me to play more lighthearted games and influenced Rusty's choices in games as well, like going to war in seven different time periods playing Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> she didn't write that, but that's pretty much what you know. You read between the lines here. Yeah, about My 250 list of, hours of Assassin's Creed. That's right. I think it was about 350, but I digress. My list of 2022 games of the year won't necessarily bring a lot of surprises, but I'm happy with the games that I was able to play this year. Let's kick into it. Uh, if you listen to the episode that she was on a few episodes back, let's kick it into let's kick into it is something that some of her New Zealand counterparts say to start a meeting. But anyways, her comfort food game of the year 
game that you continually went back to that again helped you to relax and de-stress. My comfort food game of the year this year was Mario Party Superstars. Rusty and I spent a lot of time this year playing this game on date nights, vacation, and game nights with friends. I'm not sure how many hours we sank into this one, but we have mastered the five game boards, especially Peach's Birthday Cake and Yoshi's Tropical Island. I really hope, come on, please, Nintendo, where are our DLC boards? I will happily pay for them. We need more, but yes, we're still having plenty of fun with Peach's Birthday Cake and Yoshi's Tropical Island. But she goes on, Hot Rope Jump was probably our favorite minigame, but Rusty is still undefeated in that one. I'll beat him eventually. We took a vacation to the Bahamas earlier this year, and it rained nearly every day. We were there, so we spent the week playing Mario Party, and we had a blast. There are endless possibilities in this game, and I continue to go back to it for the familiar joy it brings. It's true. So this is when all of our house stuff like really kind of hit the fan. Yeah, We were exhausted. I was having night terrors. Like We weren't sleeping well. We went to the Bahamas, literally rained for seven days straight. So we slept in every day until like 11 o'clock in the morning, sometimes like 12 and noon and just woke up, drank rum, ate burgers and fries and played Mario Party for like seven days straight. Not a bad vacation. It was a great vacation. <laughs> Her slap in OST. My slap in OST is Ease 8 Lacrimosa of Donna. In November, I was in the mood to play a JRPG, but couldn't find one that really sparked excitement for me. Rusty is always full of game recommendations for me, so he suggested Ease 8 as I'd never played a game in the series before. I played 5-10 to 10 hours of this game so far and found that the soundtrack and battle system are unbelievable. This game is one that I will certainly continue to play well into 2023. Thanks for the great recommendation, Rusty. I promise I will continue to play more PlayStation games, not just Nintendo Switch. We definitely need to do a swap here, Lauren, where I play more Switch and you play more PlayStation. Get on that trophy train. Blinking will miss a game for her. She says, I was looking through my Switch library at games I played in 2022, and I noticed that I completely lost track of this game. I beat To the Moon in January 2022 and absolutely adored it. The story is so sweet uh, and sad, but it is a little indie game that everyone should check out if you haven't already. It's rated 10 out of 10 on Steam, so maybe others haven't missed out on this game, but I didn't discover it until 2022. Without too many spoilers, you essentially play this story-based game and travel through the life of an elderly man. It's a four to five hour game and certainly worth your time. She cheated and also chose a second game for this category, <laughs> the second being Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Ryan and I were playing through this game at the same time. I still have about an hour left in it to roll credits, but it's such a beautiful and charming little game. I got distracted by trying to paint every section of the map and it felt like a comfort food game for that reason. I list it as a blink and you'll miss it though, because indie games just don't get enough love these days. If you're looking for a fun little adventure, check this one out. Chicory, Chicory got a ton of love this Seriously, year. Chicory Colorful Tale, I think three or four emails mentioned it, so good stuff. Her I'll get to it eventually game is, uh, it takes two. Rusty and I spent five to ten hours playing this game together and loved our time with it. I don't think we got that far, but I love that she stretched a little bit. <laughs> I found the puzzle solving to be intuitive and fun. The life and marriage lessons are definitely written by someone who has been married for several years. Rusty and I celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary in 2022. So a lot of lessons are things that we've also experienced. So it was fun to see it play out in game form. 
We definitely need to finish this game. Maybe it can be part of a date night soon. This is a question mark here. So uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> add it to the list of things, Lauren. Definitely we'll get to it in 2023, as we will Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. A lot of good games to play. Her prior year game of 2022 is The Last of Us Part 1, which technically works as a 2022 game too because the remake yeah. came out in 2022. But she says, I'm late to the party on this one. Throughout the years, I've watched Rusty and Ryan play parts of this game, so I knew the general storyline. In preparation for the show coming out in 2023, Rusty replayed the whole game, and I watched him. I'm counting um, I'm counting that as playing because I don't get a lot of one-on-one time with the PS5 when Rusty's home. <laughs> Nobody does, Lauren. It's, it's yeah, definitely She hasn't picked up the controller in a year. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to say about this game that hasn't been said over the last few years. It's a beautiful game with heartbreaking yet moving storyline. I'm looking forward to watching the show, although I'm not sold on the actress playing Ellie. She better deliver. <laughs> wow, personal call out there that Bella Ramsey. Uh, but I'm also excited to watch Rusty play Last of Us Part 2. Uh, wait till that three hour mark, Lauren. You're probably going to be eating those words. But major story beats for that game also won't come as a surprise to me since I've heard Rusty and Ryan discuss them and seen parts of the game played. I still can't wait to watch it unfold from start to finish. I'm now on the bandwagon of being a Last of Us fan. Welcome nice. to the party. Yeah, Welcome took you a while, but you got here. That's right. And then last but certainly not least, this should not be a surprise to people that listen to the episode that Lauren was on a few episodes back and the person that sleeps next to her every single night. I want to say that choosing my game of the year, again, this is Lauren speaking for 2022, was difficult, but it really wasn't. <laughs> there is only one game that I put 50 plus hours into and it combines my love of farming sims and Disney. My game of the year is Disney Dream Light Valley. It's a comfort food game while still giving me enough meat to continue exploring the world, unlocking characters and playing all the character specific quests. I could go on and on about this game, but I'm typing this email out at 5 p.m. on a Friday <laughs> while I'm still in the office. So I'm going to keep it brief. If you like, first of all, 5 p.m. on Friday in the what office. What the hell is wrong with you? Lauren, come on. Sneak out of there at at least two or three. If you like playing Kingdom Hearts or games like Stardew Valley, play this game. You'll work. You will work to help restore order in the valley alongside your favorite Disney friends. More characters are also being added to the world, including Woody, Buzz, Timon, Pumbaa, and Sully. I will easily put 50 to 100 hours into this game in 2023, and I just can't wait for it. This game is exactly what I needed in 2022, and I managed to avoid any and all in-game purchases. That's nice. a win in and of itself. And, the, and I can attest to that because it's her, your credit card. <laughs> her Switch is signed up to my PayPal account. So okay. anytime she buys something, like she'll be upstairs watching a TV show, and all of a sudden I get an email, $8.99 charged to your PayPal. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I see she bought games on Switch, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That's just the good stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. just the good stuff. Another indie title. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, she says, definitely check this one out. I hope you all had a wonderful 2022 and continue to play games that bring you joy in 2023. Happy gaming. Wow. Excellent list of emails. I literally told Ryan when we broke that we would probably, you know, call it at like an hour and 30, hour and 40 minutes. There's no way we're getting longer than that. Yeah, It was like an hour and 15 minutes in. You're like, oh. Hour 45, we got this. <laughs> I always <laughs> underestimate our listeners. And uh, y'all really came in strong this year with the emails. Um, I'm about tapped out with my vocal cords. 
definitely couldn't continue doing this much longer, but so glad that we did. 22 was a terrific game or year for games. Ryan and I, obviously, we talked about games for nearly three and a half hours. Go listen to that episode. Some amazing emails here that help capture just how great a year 2022 was for games. And I love how like the reoccurring theme was just people playing what they want. Um, There were a lot of people that said, hey, didn't play a lot of 2022 specific games. So hope you don't mind that I kind of made this list my own. People, that's what it's all about. That's why we play games because they're fun. Regardless, if you're playing the year of release uh, or years down the line, like my pal Josh Prep playing the classics like Ukulele and the Impossible Layer. You know what? That's just that's just the good stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in, of course, the podcast last year. Hopefully people will stick around here going into the new year in 2023. Ryan and I have plenty of fun ideas in the pipeline. But as we come to the tail end of the show, we still have to do two quick things, one of which is announcing the Community Game of the Year Award winner for the $20 eShop gift card. So Ryan, again, I've numbered this these 1 to 11 in the order that people submitted their emails, mm-hmm. right? So we have Holy Hand Grenade, Dean, Blink, Comeback Kid, Travis, Josh Prep, Sean, Nick Knack, DMP, Chrono, and Lauren. You have a number, a random number generator yep. pulled up. Got that RNG. From 1 to 11, yep. playing the little RuneScape dice here. We're going to figure out who won the $20 eShop gift card? Go get yourself Chicory or To the Moon or Ukulele if it's on sale. <laughs> Ryan, what is the number that we're looking for here? And our number is two. Two? Oh my gosh. This is crazy. This is the same person that won last year. A lucky man. <laughs> this is our pal Dean, Irish Steeler. Two years in a row getting that eShop credit. You love to see it. Dean, this is just repaying you for taking us around Dublin, Ireland. Okay. <laughs> um, I was probably going to sneak you some eShop credit regardless, but Dean is our winner. Again, thank you everyone for submitting your emails. You don't have to wait for our game of the year episode to send us something. You have a question. Ryan and I got something wrong. You just want to send an audio clip of yourself talking while driving back from a concert. You can do that. <laughs> do it, please. Otaki Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. Send us something nice. Anything that makes the show better. We're all about it. Ryan and I will read it here on the show. But last but certainly not least, again, I hope this episode found everyone well. Hopefully you found it entertaining. But each and every time we record this show, I got a ta- I got a pause, pause, toss. Dude, I can't even freaking talk. I've lost <laughs> it's my all right. I'm depleted. You're almost there. I, I toss it over to you to see. Do you have any parting words or fun facts for our listeners? So I'm going off a of memory here. Okay. Um, it's the fact that was missed last time. Um, but the Christmas meal in Japan is actually KFC. Really? Yeah. So it, Christmas is a secular holiday in Japan because I think 1% of the population is Christian. Okay. Um, and there was a campaign, uh, I think back in the 70s, um, which really kind of pushed uh, Christmas and KFC. So okay. it's kind of tradition uh, to go get KFC on Christmas. That's amazing. I mean, why wouldn't you want to eat greasy chicken? And there's, I mean, in, in Tokyo, there's KFCs everywhere. Really? Yeah. Huh. I guess I'll have to it, It's a very Japanese food. <laughs> Fried chicken. Yeah. No, yeah. It, yeah it, it's kind of funny. That yeah, KFC. Fun I mean, Colonel Sanders, Santa, you know. Pretty much the same. 
Um, well, excellent stuff. You got to stay for the tail end of the show because we fade out with good tunes and Ryan has fun facts. This is, is an educational program, my friends. But thank you everyone once again for listening. We really appreciate you tuning into the show in 2022. We hope you'll do that going forward in 2023. I also hope that you keep playing those great video games. You stay healthy out there. And uh, yeah, you just keep playing and beating on all those great video games into the new year. And Ryan and I will see you next episode where we share and talk about our top 10 most anticipated games of 2023 and share some New Year's gaming resolutions. We'll see you there. See ya.